everybody. I always wanted to do this. I am your host of this episode of the Fast Travel Lounge, Seth, and this is episode 41. Today, I will be getting joined by Stephen and Josh. Come on, say hi, everyone. Really? Really? I, 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 I disappear. I disappear for not even, not even a week. It's, it's, I should, I should be in another country right now. And, and Josh and Steve suddenly think that this is what, like a, like a vacation? Like what, what is that? They're not even full time. We barely pay you anything, Seth. How, how, why are they, why are they on, where are they? I, I honestly have no idea. I was going to just make this a one man show while they were gone. I was dreading it so much, man. <sighs> well, we absolutely cannot have anyone other than me hosting the illustrious favorite pop culture gaming news sponsored by Krispy Kreme podcast, the Fast Travel Lounge. Um, I, I should be in another country right now, but you know what happens? I, I, I was about to step foot on the plane. Just, I, I actually, no, I, I, I did. I did step foot on the plane and, and my phone went off and my phone said, there are, there are many gaming events happening. It like now you need to you need to go home and so you know what's more important than taking my first holiday since the pandemic? Uh, gaming the, news. <laughs> yeah, being on the pod with the boys to go through lists upon lists of gaming news. Yep, and nothing excited me more than to than to hear the little pitter patter of of Steve and Josh feet running to the microphone because their favorite host is back and they're fucking gone. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, I I don't know what happened this week. Just went went to trash like very quickly. Oh, oh well. I guess seeing as we're here and seeing as we're recording, uh, yeah. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. Uh, yeah. I think you actually covered all the. Bar- I mean, I, I'd, I'd have acting notes, uh, you know, for future. But, but all in all, I, I think it, uh, it would have been a valiant attempt. But don't worry, here to save the day. Don't call me a hero. Uh, I guess. Do, do, do I need to get out of the host chair? Um, I mean, your your ass is like just as wide as mine so it seems like it's a good fit because i it's like it's like those memory foam cushions i just yeah i, 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 I noticed there was like this nice groove in there that just kind of fits. yeah so 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 long as when you get out it doesn't ruin my ass sitting in it after you we're, we're good we're good that's that's all i ask there, there will be no promises made at all yeah okay okay uh i i will say i well i'm pretty sure we, we have a pact that we we don't let josh on furniture though right yeah no absolutely not he sits on the floor yeah. Yeah, cool. That that's even a little too good for him. I I had to make sure because you know I I disappear for a couple of days, everything goes to shit. I don't know. Maybe maybe Josh sits on chairs now. That would that would freak everyone out. No 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 no, that's never gonna happen. He he just he just went out the door right behind you. He was like, all right, Patrick's <laughs> leaving. I'm going on vacation too. <laughs> did he pack? Did it? Did did he? Did he do the the like look longingly over his shoulder, waiting for someone to stop him as he tied a bandana around all his things and attached it to a stick and started walking out kind of like 1900s fiction writer type No, he, he seems pretty excited about it. Like it was frame one. You weren't even out the door properly and he was already gone. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't Son notice. Of a bitch. Uh, there was like that weird rush of air past me as I went to open the door, but I figured that was just the breeze out. I didn't realize that was, that was like letting, letting a dog out in the, in the morning. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was chasing a car down the road for a little bit there. <laughs> Oh no, maybe he's dead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll turn up sometime. Do you, do you think if we left some food out and called his name, he, he might come back? Ah, uh, depends. Is it Krispy Kreme? <laughs> True. Although, if it was Krispy Kreme, I'd probably end up eating it before he before he'd be able to show up. Anyway, uh, right. I guess. I guess we. What's how? 
I'm not even going to say how have things been at this. It wasn't even a couple days. Um, yeah, I did have to cancel Canada. Uh, I am back for the month. Um, uh, but hopefully looking to rebook that next year. So my, my first holiday since the pandemic still, still coming. <laughs> just, just surviving. <laughs> uh, I, I think the last time I had a holiday was like eight years ago. I went on a trip to PAX in Melbourne and that was for a weekend. Nice. Some real, some real Sigma great. You know what? You'd be a really good editor. <laughs> I've been told that multiple times. <laughs> so, some people even said I should do it for free. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Is that I think, I think you'd be a great editor, but I think you'd be an even greater editor if, if you didn't do it for the money, right? Because you just did it for the, for the love of the game. Yeah, that, that sounds like a little too much effort, honestly. <laughs> Uh, well, I do, I do have to ask, did in, in the last couple of days that I've, that I have been away for, uh, did any tech break? Have you, have you upgraded anything in your house? No, and no, everything's been relatively normal for me. Cool. Well, uh, unfortunately, given that we don't have cursed rice cooker man or constant, uh, Samsung phone issue man, uh, that's most of the preamble slash small talk uh, out of the way. I, I would ask how the weather is, but frankly, I don't care. Uh, so I guess we'll just go straight into run the lounge. Um, other than missing me dearly, what have you been up to this week, Seth? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Monarch. Um, it, it's a very long game and I feel like it's a good uh, game to talk about right now because we just had that discussion last week about grinding in video games and this is a very grind heavy game. So I feel like it'll make a pretty decent talking point this week. Cool. Cool. Uh, I haven't been up to anything. I've been answering work emails with a lot of, Hey, I thought you were on holidays and Oh, well, if you're not on holiday, then can you do XYZ thing for me? So, I uh, haven't had much time, but uh, thankfully, all of the time that I haven't spent playing video games is time that every major gaming studio and platform has spent marketing what's coming up. And boy, much in the way that I like... Uh, shit, I, I really thought I had some sort of farming segue there. I don't, but Jesus Christ, there's a lot of farming announcements. Yeah, no, and I'm so surprised that there's so much happening because... It's TGS season, and the last, like, 10 years of TGS, it's been an absolute bummer of a show. And this year, they were all like, you know what? Let's just announce everything this TGS. Let's show off everything that we have. And on one hand, I'm glad. On another hand, we just had Gamescom not that long ago, and now we've got so much to dig through for a gaming podcast. Yeah. Well... No sense in delaying it. We'll have to get through it all. I guess this is the, the spiritual sequel to The List episode, whatever infamous number that was. Comment down below if you remember which one that was, by the way. Uh, only the real ones remember <laughs> listening through that because, boy, howdy, are we in for round two. Uh, tell me about Monarch. Yeah, so uh, Monarch is a strategy RPG game that came out earlier this year. Um, Trin got it for me for Valentine's Day. Um, and yeah, I've just been streaming that on the side for a little bit whenever I have a chance and it's been a lot of fun, um, to get into like the nitty gritty of it. Um, have you played Fire Emblem before? Uh, or any type of tactics uh, style game like that? I've played, I want to say it was Fire Emblem, but it wasn't a recent one and I didn't play much of it. But okay. But I you get a general idea of yeah, like, you I've move your played units. that style yeah. of game before. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um a lot like that, but um more 3D and uh, well very 3D. Um, all of uh, your like, characters like 4D or like how 3D. Um, all of your characters can move across um uh, like in uh, all 360 degree motions of like 
armed movement. And so you're currently describing two dimensions. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, like, in the terms of, like, you're not stuck on a grid. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, so you get free range movement. Um, a lot of um, your abilities will track in, like, either circular areas around you, cones, or straight lines. And you've got to make... Um, you've just got to strategize around, like, well, do I want to target single enemies? Do I want to target multiple enemies with a AoE type of an attack? Um, right. So what I'm hearing is that you're playing Diablo? Um... I, I haven't played much Diablo before, so I can't comment too much on that. That's why I'm going with I'm, the Fire Emblem way, because... Yeah, I, I feel like whoever sold you Monarch just slapped a Monarch label on Diablo 3 and charged you... How much? Um, I believe this was 60 at launch. Uh, 60 US. <laughs> scammed. But yeah, no, um, I, I'm going with the Fire Emblem example because it's like it, you've got uh, all of your uh, actions done through units rather than like yep. going through... Um, a dungeon crawler type of thing. It's also a very budget budget game. Like, um, your the main premise of uh, the main scenario of the game is that um, you're trapped inside a school. Uh, Shin Mikado Academy is what it's called, and the high school has been sealed out from the outside world, so you can only explore the school grounds. And whenever you have to do a battle scenario, you're transported to the battle dimension where it's just a bunch of floating platforms with the enemies on them, a spooky uh, skybox around the area. And uh, yeah, it's like, you can tell it's a very budgeted game, um, but I don't think that makes it a bad thing, honestly. Like, just because something's of a cheaper, a cheaper game value doesn't mean that it's inherently bad. Not strictly, I guess, but so tell me about the grinding, the, the side of it, because currently what I'm, what, what I'm hearing you describe is some weird mixture of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh's Shadow Realm, Diablo 3, and uh, what, what's the Harry Potter game coming out that got delayed? Uh, uh, not Wizarding World? Visiting? No, it was um, Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy, yeah, and Hogwarts Legacy. It sounds like you're describing a, a weird hybrid of that, so where, where, does, where does the grind come in? Uh, the grind comes in with like just a general gameplay loop. So you mentioned the you mentioned the Yu-Gi-Oh um, Shadow Realm, and the skyboxes are actually very much like the Shadow Realm. Um, it's kind of nuts how similar they are. But yeah, this is my. my... <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you literally got a rebranded game with a label on it called Monarch, and someone charged you, or I guess uh, trend sixty US dollars for this. Yeah, and uh, my my trinity of um. Well, not 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 Trinity, as in my <laughs> girlfriend, but like yeah, my my like cross of three different things that make up what this game's sort of identity would be is this is like your, a, your Triforce, if you will. Yeah, my Triforce of this is the Yu-Gi-Oh Shadow Realm, like you mentioned. That's actually a very good one. Um, Fire Emblem and Persona. Yeah, so the grind comes in in because that uh you 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 don't do battles all that often. You, uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to explain how a chapter kind, like a character chapter kind of uh, runs through. So, um, you're introduced to the game and you do a character chapter with this uh, side character named Nozomi. And, uh, her story is that uh, someone's taken over the student council and she's been given permission to start up the true student council. So, because she was a student council president before getting kicked out by this, uh, uh, whoever the villain for her chapter is, 
are going to be. And as you're going through, you um, get taken into um, these areas that are filled with mist. And mist is causing people to go, uh, just go insane when they spend too long in them. So um, you're given a chance to, if you explore the mist without doing a battle, you're given at the very beginning. You have a chance to um, get a death call, which will just send you straight to a level, uh, a group of level 99 enemies that will absolutely destroy you. So um, uh, take, take the phone call right at the beginning when you're given a phone number to ring. And that'll be your like first fight for that set floor. Um, then you do that. Then you don't have to do any other fights after that. You can just go straight to the end object end objective of that first kind of floor of the um of the progression, and that'll take you to like a boss arena sort of one. Uh, not not so much a boss arena, more like a checkpoint just to um gauge your level progression. And you'll do that twice per character chapter, and then the third time will be a boss. So you'll get like five normal fights and then a boss fight. The problem is that that doesn't feel like enough between going through character to character chapters that um, you'll be leveled enough as every time you go to a new character, there's going to be a level jump. So you have to do a lot of grinding in between um, character chapters to stay up to level to progress the story properly. Um, I was doing fine for the game for the first two characters, and then I got to the boss fight of the third one, and I just suddenly hit a wall, and I was getting absolutely demolished. And the, the boss was only, like, five levels ahead of me, but it was doing so much damage, and it had, like, multi it, its attacks were doing multi-attack uh, stages to me. So it'd sit there and, like, it, um, it hit me for, like, a hundred damage and do like eight attacks per hit. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, it was doing eight attacks and each attack was doing a hundred damage per hit. And I only had like 200 health. So I was gone in the first two hits. Right. Yeah. So it was, it came down to me just having to grind till I was above the boss's level. And it, then, yeah, just kind of go at it. Um, it's, well, that, that's always the question, right? Is that that seems... I've got no idea what the level scaling is, but if it seems like the dudes that fuck you up in 99, it's kind of the Pokemon scaling of 1 to 100. So... Yeah. Uh, is it is it designed where you should have been able to beat it where the boss and you were the same level? Um, it is. Um, on my first attempt... If, if you were good enough? <laughs> yeah, basically it was if I was good enough. Um, because on my first attempt of the boss fight, I got down to just... Because the boss fights still have the um, the other normal units around them. So I had gotten rid of all the units and one of the bosses, and it was just one left. But they got a lucky crit and took me out uh, right at the end. So that that put me on tilt mode for like an hour, and I was stuck just trying to fight, fight him for another hour before I decided, no, I'm just going to quit and I'm going to grind for a bit. But I think with, like, some smart strategy, strategizing, I could have done that at that level I was at. Because you get yeah. a lot of um, status buff sort of movements. And uh, one of the units I got at the very beginning of the game is for the um, Sin of Lust. A lot of this game revolves around um, the Seven Deadly Sins. Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the first units I got was Lust and Lust is absolutely broken I didn't realise this until just recently but um, they're very good at buffing up their magic stats 
and then their magic attacks just absolutely destroy units all over the, all over the game. So I've just been uh, cruising through this last half of the game just on Lust itself. But yeah, um, it's also interesting tagline. I've been blasting through the game just on Lust its uh, Lust itself. <laughs> yeah, that that was. I I did, honestly don't know how how else to say it because Lust is just that good. Lust is so the strongest. In- Lust is the strongest sin. Funny that you mentioned that. There is a pizza chain in New Zealand called Hell's Pizza, where the Lust Pizza, because of course, you know, Hell, Seven Deadly Sins, all that stuff. The Lust Pizza is the meat lovers. And that happens to be one of my favorite pizzas. So uh, Lust is so good, uh, in in your words. And I too would cruise through levels with Lust. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and meat lovers is just the good pizza, honestly. Not not everywhere, but from from Hell's, they, um, Hell's try and do some sort of fancy fancy combinations and you know some of them some of them excellent you know credit where it's due but usually the let's just buy a bunch of pizzas for a bunch of people less is the like easy go-to everyone loves it type deal fair enough but yeah, yeah um so far i think i've put about 60 hours into the game i think 20 of that is probably on grinding and it did get to a point where it's just like i found a loop i'm just going to do that loop and just kind of like zone out for an hour and get as high as I can. The thing that bothered me though is that you can hit a cap on how much EXP you can hold at once. So, <laughs> so um, the way you level up is um, every character has skill trees, and uh, every battle and just exploring the world a little as well, you'll find um spirits which will be used like um like Dark Souls uh, kind of um souls. So it's being used as both your level experience and your currency uh, currency for the game. So um, you use uh, those uh, um, that you use the spirits on the skill trees, and every time you buy something on the skill tree, your level goes up one level. I I love that so much of how you've described Monarch so far is so you know this mechanic in this other game basically identical. They just took that just straight into Monarch. Yeah, so that that's how that works. Yeah, it's. <laughs> There's so many things in games that just can be like, look, look at what this other game did, and you can translate it one to one in another thing. Because so many games do the um the Dark Souls currency system now. Mm. Um, mm. it it became very popular, and I'm not sure if I like it or not. I, well, not I I like it in certain games, like the Souls games, but being used in every game, not so much. Did you did you know that it was used in uh in a racing game? Oh god, what racing game? Nepus Be Most Wanted used that as the system. Your uh you you out being a menace on the road would rack up uh bad boy points. I don't remember what the actual currency was called. Where if you returned to base you'd bank them, but the longer that you were out or the more intense the police chase were, the the higher your chance of earning more or your multiplier for it would go up. So it became this risk reward thing of uh, you know, just like Dark Souls, can I afford to take out the boss slash this police car? <sighs> or or will I die and lose everything? Yep. Yep. Oh god, that, that sounds really annoying to deal with in a racing game, honestly. Surprisingly works pretty well because it was okay. it's going for the uh open world exploration y type mechanic, so it wasn't that you're you're just doing circuit races over and over again, but pros and cons. But anyway, continue with Monarch. I keep sidetracking you. You know, just like old times. Yeah, so I, I don't have too much more. I'll add on to Monarch for now. Um, so uh, I just want to say so far that... um Okay, so 
the developers behind this game used to work on the um, Shin Megami Tensei series um, all the way up to Persona 2, and then I believe they left Atlas at that time. So, so which explains why you talk about how it's got a lot of uh, Persona vibes. Sort of sh- yeah, Persona vibes, and and you get taken to the Shadow Realm for fights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they're doing a lot of that. Um, Persona also is like a series that's all about like self identity and making connections. And this is uh, personas, if you will. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, self identity is the personas part. Yes, but also like being social, making relationships, and my friends are my power sort of thing. Um. This game goes a little more. In se- selfish, I guess, um, because uh, you team up with other people, but uh, uh, they're kind of like um, it's kind of more like you're intertwi- you're intertwining your fate with them and like um, helping them through their um struggles. But a lot of um, the power set comes from you being egotistical and uh, using your own ego to drive your desires, and uh, um, it's a lot more. All the all the villains are like very self centered, and they got they got powerful because their own wishes were like very self centered, and they just kind wait, of got- wait wait wait. You're telling me you're telling me that villains didn't get powerful because of the power of friendship with other villains. Honestly, I kind of want to see that happen at some point, but not in this game. No, um, it's <laughs> it's things like um, uh, so the first one that you go against is like he wants to. He wants to be like the most um the most revered person in school. Like he's got self um he's got self doubt issues and he's um wanting all of that kind of like I I'm losing losing the word at the moment, but he kind of like wants other people to um push him up and he thinks he deserves that sort of thing. Like he's convinced himself that he deserves that and he deserves to rule over the school even through his own self doubt. He wants he wants the uh the school president jock points. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so I you, think he could dream bigger, honestly. Like if he's making a wish that could come true that was selfish, it'd be like, I want to become God. There, there's um there's a, a set of twins that are like they 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 represent lust. So the first one was representing pride. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need you to be very careful with the words art following the twins represent lust. You you know how you know how anime gets um. <laughs> It, they're girls. They have to represent lust. Are either of them wearing cat ears? No, but one okay, of them is pretty good. catty. Oh god! All right. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'll leave the villains a little uh, on their own because, like, playing through the game and like, as as I was saying before, like, you go through like a free tiered checkpoint system for them, and each time you clear a checkpoint, you get a little deeper into their backstory and why they've um turned out the way they have. Oh god, it's the balloon wonderworld treatment of let's explore the the psychiatry of the the main character slash villain of the world. Yeah, but it's actually explored in game rather than a novel. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about the party members instead, um, because they're the more they're the ones you're going to interact with a lot more. Nozomi, I don't really have a lot to say about her because I started the game in February and then I dropped off for quite a few months, so I don't remember a lot about her. And for the second half of the game, she's going to be the final routes I do. Um, there's a character named Kokoro who's uh, um, kind of like a shut-in. All she wants in the world is to be safe and secure and just kind of like live uh, live life um, on her own and read, get it, uh, read through all her books and absorb knowledge. I mean, based on how the last two years have gone, 
Not surprising. <laughs> fairly, fairly relatable, actually. I, I would say. Um, there's Ryotaro Date, who's the son of a um, a rich conglo- uh, conglomerate that um makes construction buildings, and uh, he's kind of like being outcasted from his family, and uh, because he doesn't like because he doesn't like construction. No, or- he loves construction. He construction was what his grandpa loved, and his um his father is using it more as a business side rather than a love for making beautiful buildings. But um, Ryotaro is just kind of like a weirdo that kind of loses direction all the time. And he's a very my way or the highway sort of um, personality. So, um, I mean, it, you, if, if you're building a building, you kind of want to do it my way or the highway, right? You don't want some shoddy construction. Yes, I mean, I mean, like he's a very... Um, He's very abrasive and oh, kind of so like- Oh, so you meant my way or the highway is in either he will build you the building <laughs> or a highway. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, and- in that case, yeah, that would be quite abrasive. I Generally, when I'm looking for an extension to my house, I don't want it to be a four-lane carriageway, but <laughs> I understand how that could happen. Him and Kokoro are the other two characters besides you to also have uh, packs with sins. Um, <laughs> Kokoro- Please- <laughs> Please explain to me the sin that the construction guy's involved with. Gluttony. Hell yes. <laughs> and if you didn't guess it, Kokoro is sloth. Yours yours is a weird one. It's not exactly a sin. It's the, the um it's the offshoot for vanity. Um and I I haven't gotten very I, I'm getting closer to the end of the game. So I'm going to get like the big reveal of why it's vanity soon. But um I can make guesses just off the fact that it's just off the fact that it's being vanity in general. Like the game, the game's not very deep thematically. It it wears it everything because, on its sleeve very very well. Is it because you really like vans and the guy that builds highways is like all I'm saying is there's definitely a connection there, right? Yes. Yeah, um, cool. and the last character, um, Shinya, he's um he's the adopted son of the dean and principal of the um academy. And he's just kind of like being raised on knowing all of the supernatural elements that go around the school and being being prepared all his life to take care of them. He's also- So he also really likes construction? No, he's, um, he's uh, super self-doubtful. Like he, he digs into himself a lot. He doesn't believe that he deserves any of the um, opportunities he's been given or the um, affection he's been given by people. He's, um, he's kind of a sad boy. <laughs> Has he tried construction? Uh no, he he really hates the construction guy. Well, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um but so What are his thoughts on vans? Hmm. Like the car and then optional extra the shoe. The shoe, I think he'd be a fan of. The cars, yeah. not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um uh, so the first half of the game is just kind of like getting to know each of these characters while you help them take down another one of the um the seven sins characters and uh, yeah uh i've uh, i'm just going to talk up to about the um at the midway point of the game but once you finish all four of them um oh also also something i need some i wanted to mention is like as you're doing a character's storyline um whoever isn't meant to be in that storyline will just fuck off for the chapter like you'll do their chapter and then they're like okay i have other things to do go go about they and- have homework 
Yeah, basically. So you can't have Ryotaro in like the uh, Shinya routes or an uh, Kokoro in the Nozomi routes. It's just like, um, you'll have that one character and just interact with them for a few dungeon runs before they fuck off for a little bit. And then you get to the midway point of the game and it's still, you can only have one character with you, but you've got your choice of taking any four of them with you as you're doing this, um, this last sin character that's still around. And the twist for that, that's the middle section. I was a big fan of it was, um, it was actually kind of a, a hit for me because I really enjoyed the, um, the character that was in the game up to that point and seeing them turn into a twisted villain kind of sucks. Yeah. And a little bit for the second half of the game is that just so far from the way it's structured is that, um, you go through each character's routes and you kind of like hit an ending for the game. And then it loops you back to the middle of the game and you've got to clear the game four times now. Wow. That's almost like Call to the Lamb. Huh. Okay. Not necessarily at the same scale, but you get to the end of the level and the game is just like, oh, you, 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 you're not ready to fight the boss yet. Back to the, back to the hub world you go. Yeah, no, just like- See you, see, see you in five more attempts, buddy. I'll, I'll talk more about the second half of the game when I finish the game, but it's basically like, okay, go through this entire character storyline, hit an ending where like you go through multiple tiers of plot twists and- uh, character revelations, and then go back to the middle of the game. Do it with someone else. Hmm. That's interesting, because I, I think in, a, in games that are quite narratively driven like that, particularly ones that offer you choices, that ends up being how I would play it anyway, of saving the game, exploring one tree to its conclusion, reloading the game from that point, and then just picking a different tree. Yeah, it's a very interesting way to do it, and... um. Yeah, there's a, they do handle things differently, even when they get to, like, similar story beats uh, in between them. But, um, yeah, it's been a very interesting way to handle a second half of the game. It's very unique, I think. And it's hmm. also where the more grinding comes in, because there's big jumps between each character path. Like, you'll clear one, and then the enemies will have a level jump, so you've got to make sure you're all equipped for it. Around the middle of the game, I left off at the level 30 to 40 range. Um, where I'm at now, I need to, whoever I pick up, I need to level up from level 35 to level 75. And thankfully, oh, I have enough. Wow, okay. <laughs> thankfully, I have enough currency to just dump into them to get them that high. Yeah. Weird that the level jump is double your character's level, but... Yeah, oh it, well. it's, it scales normally. But because you're because you only take one character with you at a time, it's a big jump whenever you go to the next character. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, any other any other points you want to hit with that? Or um, I think I think I've hit enough with that. I've been enjoying the game a ton so far. It's um, if if you're a fan of um, uh, Persona games or strategy RPGs. I, I'd definitely say give it a try, especially on sale, because it is kind of like a budget game. But no, it's been really good. Sweet. Well, you know, have to ask, out of 10, what would you give it? Leaning towards an 8 so far. Interesting. Oh, well, thank you for that, Seth. Uh, honestly, uh, the little that I have done this week makes me want to go straight into the news, given how much we have to get through. 
So I think we'll just do that. We'll, uh, uh, wait, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, and with that, we come to the end of Round the Lounge for this week. Thank you, Seth, <laughs> for, for that. Yo, you're very uh, welcome. Yeah, here we go. Which means we get to move on to part two for this week, which is, of course, the news. <laughs> starting off with a list. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> no. Starting, off, starting off with... Um, uh, with a banger. Actu Actually, now that I think about it, going back to that Seven Deadly Sin chat real quick, one of them was... Uh, one of the sins is pride, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Pride is 100% up there as a sin. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, uh, Pride has a problem with uh, premature ejaculation because he always cometh before Babylon's fall. Is that is that how the saying goes? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, right. Well, um, speaking of, uh, Babylon's fall's dead. Yeah, Babylon's <laughs> fall, more like Babylon's fell off a fucking cliff. <laughs> uh, sad trombone. <laughs> Not this even was, sad uh, trombone. Everyone saw this coming from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, so the. The first thing that I want to touch on with this, Babylon's Fall, when they, so they've announced that they're going to terminate the live service aspect of the game, uh, and it's going to end February 27, 2023. Now they do say, liable to change, could be alterations, all that, fine. But if it does get terminated February 27, 2023, this big, this is our five-year plan, this is our live service future for, the, for like the short to medium term. Won't have even been up for a year. Yeah, no, it'll be just shy by, like, a week. I just, like, why would you not just leave it running for the- You- you already have zero players. Is it really that much more expensive to leave the servers running for one more week just to at least say that you could celebrate its one-year anniversary before you pull the plug? I think it'd be too sad to pull the plug on the, um, the one-year anniversary. But now you got me curious, so I'm going to go look. Currently playing Babylon's Fall, four people. 24 oh, hour, wow. 24 hour peak six people think of how much think of like how much money each of them so when i don't know about you Seth, when you buy a game uh well sorry when i buy a game i typically look at how much money have i spent on this game and by extension how many hours of uh, of gameplay am i getting for this game uh i feel like babylon's fall is now doing that with their players yeah, I guess these, so. These, these players have been in the game for this many hours. It is costing us this much money to run the environment. The, the thing that um gets me the most is that they didn't even try to salvage it by going, you know what, let's go free to play. <laughs> let's see if that drives any interest. They just went straight to shut down the service. Just, yeah. just to end it. And they're and not even getting like free seasons worth of stuff. The way they announced it is like, um, we're going to get to the end of season two. There will be another season's worth of con, another season running, but it's just going to be season two again. Yeah. So and I think it was funny with that too, because once, once they saw the writing on the wall and they were like, okay, so we get it. People aren't enjoying Babylon's fall, the greatest game of all time. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, hypothetically, if you had to change something about this game, could you fill in this five minute survey and tell us about what we could do differently? That way we could make the game better and, and improve it and all of that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. All of that just got sent straight to junk on the on the the email server that took all those survey responses because they seem to that or other idea. Uh, all of the feedback they got was so fundamentally different, where everyone's comments would just build Elden Ring. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that they decided. You know what? Maybe this. Maybe maybe it is too much to climb this one. Yeah. Um. They they did say that they 
they read the feedback and they appreciated everything. That could be all um, PR bullshit. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I get the idea that um, whatever needed to be changed was just too much, like too different from what direction they wanted to go in the game. And they just kind of like doubled down on the way they want to make the game. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't say I'm surprised. Can't say that anyone else is surprised. <laughs> Actually, the guy who is surprised is probably the 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 one Babylon's one four player. <laughs> yeah, the one Babylon's four player who I mean, if there have been four playing in the last twenty four hours, uh, either he's on as either he's on a bunch of Smurfs as well, or uh, he no longer has that title for now. Uh, probably, uh, I think that was probably fifty percent of the fan base coming back to just celebrate Babylon's fall once more with um, uh, one one last little uh, run run through the game before uh, before they. Uh, uninstall it from their respective computers. I need to find out who that guy is again so I can see what his thoughts on the game closing down is. He's <laughs> probably it's now, happy it's he's now... getting his time back. Yeah, it's 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 more important uh, for uh, to get his comment than it is to get any of the studio heads' comments. Yeah, exactly. He he's like their strongest soldier. Actually, speaking of strongest soldier, I don't think we have it on the news docket this week, but I do want to bring it up briefly. Uh. Yeah, we, I, I don't think we touched on it last week, but um, uh, there was a... Did we talk about uh, Diablo Immortal and the premium currency putting people in the negatives? Uh, I think... I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but we definitely had a conversation about it at some point. Yeah, just, just to rehash that, though, just because it's kind of... I, I think it's in a similar vein as the Babylon's Fall thing. Uh, that one guy who is now stoked to get his time back. Uh, a bunch of people found out that there were some third-party websites selling the premium, uh, you know, orb, uh, orb currency, whatever the hell that is, in, in Diablo Immortal. And then uh, Activision Blizzard looked at that and went, oh, but we aren't getting paid for that shit. Hell no. And so they went and retroactively removed everyone's orb count that they'd purchased through these third-party websites, which drove quite a few players that had spent money on this into the negative. And then they made it so that uh, you can't, you effectively can't play the game if you have negative premium currency. But don't worry, you can buy your way back out. And so, uh, some of the whales that have dropped tens of thousands of dollars on this game. There's people like to... twenty thousand dollars in debt to the game now, aren't there? That yeah, exactly. Who they've already dropped tens of thousands of dollars on the game, and Activision Blizzard goes, "Thank you for your service, but we're going to need another couple tens of thousands of dollars from you just so you can play the game again." Yeah, no, uh, and if you're taking the away the just ability gone, to play the game is an extra level of scummy. Yeah, but some of the whales just go, you know what? Maybe this isn't worth my time. And everyone on the internet at the same time went, really? <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one to spend too much more time on that. It's just Activision Blizzard being Activision Blizzard. Bobby Kotick assuming his role as a perfect zero on the diversity tool. Um, uh... Yeah, no, I think we can move on. It was just, uh, just funny because it just sort of reminds me of that, of, you know, the, the, uh, Bab Babylon's fall was entirely targeted to that one guy in the same way that every one of the predatory behaviors in Diablo Immortal were targeted towards the whales. And it's funny that the people that, uh, you know, were, were so much a pillar slash, uh, piggy bank for the games, uh, now, now have to, to, think of something else to do and perhaps maybe it involves grass and touching who knows uh next up on the list uh 343 studio head bonnie ross having to 
leave because of a family uh, medical issue. Sad to see. Yeah, you don't want to, like, this is a bad way to leave the company. Like, you don't really want to see people leave companies in general until it's like they're comfortable with it. But Mm. um, this being forced out because of family issues is really unfortunate. And she's been the head of, um, she, I think she's a founder, right? Did you say she was a founder? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. She yeah, she, she's been there since the start, and she's been in charge of the Halo series since 343 kind of came together to take over the Halo franchise. She's kind mm. of been the face of um, 343 the entire time. I remember her showing up at every Xbox event whenever they had to talk about Halo. Well, she, I, I'm... I'm going to go out on a wild limb and say that the uh, that the number of men heading up game game studios versus the number of women probably heavily skewed towards men. So oh yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, a shame a shame on the diversity front as well. For, uh, for every really Bonnie Ross, there's like twenty Bobby Kotick's. Okay, let's let's not let's not try and think too much about that, shall we? <laughs> That's, You're right. That, Let, there's, let's not. there's some math that uh, I really don't want to. I really don't want to to calculate. There, there's too many zeros on the diversity scale for you. <laughs> We're starting to divide by zero, and we can't do that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next up, though, uh, Seth. Yes. Hear me out. You are you are a man of culture. You mm. are a man of of uh, having at least eighty dollars, and also being a man who who would enjoy Dragon Ball Z: The Breakers. Uh, why don't you take this next story? All right, sure. So, um, right before recording this podcast, Bandai Namco decided they're going to drop a trailer specifically for me to show off that uh, they're doing a... Uh, showing off what Margin Boo looks like in the game. But forget about Margin Boo for a second. Everyone likes Dragon Ball Abridged, right? Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Um, True. The, the, the well-beloved character... Farmer with a shotgun is being added into this game, and I don't know about anyone else, but I was telling this game was worth eighty dollars before Farmer with a shotgun. It is definitely worth the eighty now that he's in there. I really don't think there's anything more we need to add to that. I think that's that's such a perfect summation. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, one other thing I'll add onto this so is that um, they're going the extra mile, and um, if you get absorbed by Boo you actually have a chance to escape by doing the... There was an episode of Dragon Ball Z of what Goku and Vegeta saw inside of Boo and saving everyone. Um, you you kind of go through that sort of dungeon if Boo eats you. So that that's a pretty neat addition. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, did you... Uh, have you, have you uh, got Dragon Ball Z The Breakers? It's not out yet. They just announced that an open beta test is going to be happening. No, I, I know, I know, but sorry, pre-ordered. Oh, pre-ordered. No, not yet, not yet. Gotta, gotta make sure that it's really worth the 80 bucks, huh? Yeah, definitely worth the $80. I, I was really <laughs> holding out for that one character I needed and farm with shotgun. He, he might be doing it for me. <laughs> yeah, that might be the one. Uh, cool. Well, let's move into some Ubisoft news. Uh... There's a bit of Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, I'll probably, probably hit that at the end. Uh, why don't we just back our way down? Um, all right. Uh, uh, Seth, a, a question. I, I was about to say a question for the group. <laughs> it's just you, so whatever. Um, I can Mary be a kill. group. Uh, Mario, let's, uh, you, just, just you, just one of you, more than enough. Um, fuck, Mary, kill uh, Mario and rabbits. 
fuck there's Mario. No third option. <laughs> fuck, Ma- uh, fuck Mario killed rabbits. Uh, marry Mario. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking <laughs> no, of no, Mario, no, no, you put me on the spot with that. What's your answer? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like, I, 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 I don't know. I feel, I feel like there, there's a certain vibe to fucking a rabbit, you know? Is it that, uh, that Homer Simpson, uh, five o'clock shadow on all of them? <laughs> How did you know my type? <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like the type of guy to appreciate a good Homer Simpson. <laughs> uh, remove, remove the stone of, um... Oh, shit, I forget the first one. Punishment. Remove the Stone of Punishment, attach the Stone of Triumph. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I was thinking about that scene the other day as well. That's such a good scene. <laughs> it is. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Mario and, Mario and Rabbids. Um, uh, I don't really know how much we want to talk about this. Uh, Just showed off a boss fight against a Wiggler. Yeah. They, they did, like, an entire showcase where they talked about um, all of the different uh, abilities and kind of, like, star allies. And how you go I, about I playing the game? I was surprised that as part of that, they 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 showed off Chris. Uh, they showed off Chris Pratt in a table read doing all of the voices, like all of them. Yeah, no, uh, Chris Pratt makes a pretty good uh, dungeon master. And and also all of the rabid voice person. Yeah, uh, that that was a little creepy. I I will admit. I I think it was the sound that he was making as the Wiggler that really sold me on it, though. Yeah, that that one, that one, I wasn't a big fan of it. It it was just, like, a little too much. Like, you thought the rabbits were creepy, but then he starts, like, squirming around for the Wiggler, and it's like, please, please stop. Have have some shame. The 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 sound the sound that the microphone was picking up it wasn't just voice. I think he was actually like rolling around on the floor when when they were recording that. Yeah, and it's just like I'd I'd appreciate some shame from you, Chris. <laughs> like Benedict Cumberbatch when he was auditioning for Smaug in uh, <laughs> in the Hobbit in the Hobbit films. Oh yeah, and, and he def- really got into character. Yeah, one hundred percent character for that. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, then <laughs> there there is no Chris Pratt. It's literally just a video of them boss fighting a Wiggler, but. Yeah, we, we, but we Mario, like Mario showed up. We have to talk about Chris Pratt. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it has been a while. Uh, next up, we have this one's a bit sad. Skull and Bones uh, made an appearance. Uh, our resident pirate Josh uh, was the only. Actually, I think I think Josh might have been the the one Babylon's Fall player, but for Skull and Bones, even though Skull <laughs> and Bones wasn't even out yet. Yeah, no, he he was literally excited for the game without knowing what the game was. And we, even I, he, I told him to... multiple times they're just making they're just making a multiplayer version of the Assassin's Creed Four uh, ship levels, and he's like, no, 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 they're, they're, it's it's going to be a pirate game. It's going to be cool. It's like, no, they literally came out and said it's just going to be the Assassin's Creed Four ship battles, but multiplayer. <laughs> uh, and not only that, but uh, it's going to be just like Assassin's Creed Four ship battles, but multiplayer, and also one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and also. Looks pretty terrible and is a live service game, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and our resident one guy that likes it, that that's excited for Skull and Bones has given up all hope and says it looks shit. So the the question is then, uh, will Skull and Bones last longer than Babylon's Fall? I think yes, just because Ubisoft will try. Square Enix is a type of company to just give up. Ubisoft will keep it up for at least a year. But we'll have to wait and see. Also, also, on sad news, I want to roll back to the rabbits for a second. They fucking tease that Rayman will be a DLC guest character down the line. 
He's going to be a guest character in a spin-off game for a spin-off the spin-off characters from his franchise. God Rayman wow. Phil. I miss I miss Rayman. The Origins yeah. and Legends were such good games. Still, I think I think um uh shoot, I don't remember which one, but one of them I think is still one of the highest rated uh platformers on Probably um, Rayman 2. I think that's the really, really highly rated one. No, no, no. It was it was uh, Legends of Origins, but it was oh, on. Okay. Um, it was on uh, Vita, I think, and it was like the staple. If you're going to get a platformer, get this game on Vita. Yeah, that might have been Legends. Yeah, I think that was Legends. But yeah, Rayman Legends was fantastic. I I slightly prefer Origins, but both of the both of them are like really high up there. Hmm. Uh. Right, yeah. Uh, what else we have? Oh, yeah. So this one, this one's interesting. So, uh, it's like a so that Ubisoft also announced like a, a standalone, uh, I don't know, experience thing. I don't, I don't really know what to call it for the division. Uh, which, uh, so he- hear me out. They sell this as a uh survival cooperative uh multiplayer shooter type thing. Yeah. Um. I- it's I think this is a reverse Fortnite. Kind of. Um, it's it's half the size of a Fortnite. There's going to be 45 players on a map, and it's kind of player versus player versus the environment as well. So it's PvPve. No, no, but that that that's my point because, uh, admittedly, I haven't played the division, but it was just it was it was just the the way that they opened the trailer. Uh, it gave me the immediate vibes of, uh, what Fortnite was supposed to be as the the single player content before right, it got yeah. immediately immediately killed in favor of the multiplayer whereas the division known for its its uh i've heard pretty good multiplayer experience uh, as i say i've never played it myself uh now announcing what looks like a variant of what the fortnite single player content was and it's like hmm <laughs> just just got a hit very late to that party yeah I would say better late than never, but that's not oh, always God, the case. Oh, God, it's also somewhat hero shootery because it's got six agents uh, with three classes between each of them. Because I think that was also what Fortnite was. I feel did like Fortnite, Fortnite experimented that? with that. I, I feel like if if they didn't, they talked about doing that for the, the single player stuff. I don't know. It was, it was just that that was the that was the gut the gut feeling comparison that I had. And I haven't been able to shake it since. So <laughs> you're welcome, everyone listening to that. Uh, next up, though, Valiant Hearts 2. Uh, this one, I don't know. This, it's an article talking about how, uh, we've got Netflix-exclusive mobile games, which Netflix made a big deal about releasing games as a way to try and get subscribers back because of how many they lost recently. But I heard from all accounts that the games weren't uh, that they, they were barely even worth keeping the lights on for how little people used them. Yeah, so it's weird one, that of, Ubisoft one is of them seems okay, but it was just kind of like um, a high score, kind of like play it for a little bit and then you're done with it sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Point P, I think it was called. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, so this one, Ubisoft announcing some Netflix exclusive mobile games, which I'm sure, I don't know about you, Seth, but when I see the words uh, Netflix exclusive, and mobile and games, I think, oh, that's that's a lot of red flags. Yeah, huge recipe for disaster. <laughs> and it also uh, sucks because I really liked Valiant Hearts, the original game. I played that quite a while ago, and um, 
I don't think it was a game that needed a sequel, but it was a very well done game. And mm. um, the fact that a sequel is happening is nice, but it's being trapped inside all of these red flags. Yeah. And so they announced they announced that alongside Mighty Quest for Epic Loot and an Assassin's Creed mobile game. That was one that actually I fairly enjoyed from my memory of it. I do not remember what it was, but it was it was a side scrolling Assassin's Creed game for what I'm pretty sure was a mobile device. It came out ages ago. Um I think for its, for its I, time I know it was the games quite fun. Yeah, I know the games you're talking about. It was like a triple set of one base in China, one base in India, and one base in Russia, I think. Uh, maybe. It came out, like, many, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know the game. Um, Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Ah, oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think uh, the, the, the combination that, is, that has the least number of red flags in one sentence is when they try and make something completely different and a standalone... It's, it seems like a lot of the issues recently with mobile games, or at least the reason why I'm, I'm absolutely terrified of seeing someone write down the word mobile game when they're announcing something, is that they try and make it the same experience on console. And even, even if the core gameplay is there, they just fuck with it as much as they can by putting all of the shitty mobile mechanics and everything else in there. But then I think of something like Assassin's Creed Chronicles, which it was just its own thing, and it was reasonably fun, at least based on the rose-tinted memory I have of it. Yeah, no, when mobile games are just a game that's on mobile, it's really nice and not all that bad. But when it starts getting into the predatory practices, when it sucks, I think because they're going to tie it to a Netflix subscription, then it'll be fine. It'll probably be real games just on mobile. At least that's uh, like, yeah, I, because I, at Netflix least that's definitely hope. isn't looking to put ads on top of their own subscription platform at the moment. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. They, they could just charge more and be like, hey, here's Netflix with a game edition. <laughs> and everyone goes, right, but can we get, like, high definition as standard now, or are we still not doing that? Where's my 4K? Yeah, all of that good stuff. Remember remember when they tweeted, love is sharing a Netflix password? Remember yeah, that? and then they started cracking down on it a week later. Uh, not even a week, <laughs> that was an old tweet. Yeah. But, yeah, crazy times, crazy times. Um... Next up, we have Trackmania coming to consoles and Luna, which, yay, I guess. I feel like most people that are into Trackmania are already into Trackmania, so. Yeah, it's just kind of expanding the market, I guess. Trackmania is cool. Um, mm. I've never actually played it myself. I've just watched videos, but it's nice it's coming to other things. It's, it's one of those games that I, I've never played myself, but I... I it's one of those, like, it's a weirdly interesting spectator sport. Yeah, no, seeing all the, like, different crazy tracks that people do on YouTube where it like sends you flipping or forces you to drive backwards for like half the track because it's flipped you and turned you sideways. Mm. It's, it's all really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, all we know coming early 2023 and is available on basically every platform. <laughs> yeah. Coming, coming to everything. Uh, oh, and, and free to play, uh, which I think all of, no, actually, no. Not all of Trackmania was free to play. So I looked at getting Trackmania on Steam a while ago, and one of them that I was looking at was um, paid. I don't know. I'm I'm not up to speed on Trackmania pricing model. Maybe it's changed. But yeah, so that's that's that. Uh, and the rest of it, uh, as as Creed. Okay, 
So uh, I want to start off with Mirage. Um, have you seen the um the trailer for this? The announcement trailer. I've seen. So they announced. You have to forgive me. They announced a lot of Assassin's Creed stuff. I've seen a lot of trailers. I might have seen the the Mirage trailer. Yeah. So Mirage is um the one that's going to be set in Baghdad in the um the ninth century, and uh, um I I really like the cinematic trailer for this one. Like I'd I'd like to see gameplay for it. Um. But for now, I'm just happy with the cinematic one because it's kind of going back to the tone of the earlier Assassin's Creeds. It it feels like a return to Assassin's Creed One type of um like mood and setting, and I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, if the gameplay goes back to how early Assassin's Creed was, I will be on board for this game again because I I really do like the Assassin's Creed games. There was a good few years there where um. They were a lot of what I played, and it's just like the quality started going down, and that's when I decided to jump out. So having a high quality game come back, hopefully, will be really mm. good to good to do. And it'll, I I as much as it's shit on having a Ubisoft open world every now and then is kind of nice to just kind of like sink time into if it's um, especially for Assassin's Creed because you're exploring, you're supposed to be exploring old uh, civilizations recreated. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, something that really annoys me though is that um, there's a deluxe pack that <laughs> that does a lot of Prince of Persia inspired outfits and DLC costumes for the game, and I I just really want a new Prince of Persia, like not not even <laughs> no, just no, the no, remake but, of Sands of Time one, that's we? never coming out. <laughs> no, no, no. That that's coming. That's good. They said there were some delays, right? You know, that completely changed happen. development studios. Probably yeah, signed yeah, from scratch. Yeah, it's little column A, little column B. It's coming. It's on its way. Trust me. I, I just really like a new assass- a, a new um Prince of Persia comes sometime. Um, that looks really good. But yeah, no, I'm very excited for this uh, this game. Uh, right. So I guess that was Mirage. Uh, Jade. Jade. They didn't show too much about that. It's um, it's a mobile game that's going to be set in ancient China. That's about See- all that can be said for that. <laughs> They they did announce a, a well sorry they did show off uh, the in game engine for it which getting reasonably good it's it's uh it, it it's giving me uh, well it gave me uh I haven't played Genshin Impact but it's got a, a similar what I would consider like the mobile aesthetic for trying to do an open world game that can work on mobile so Genshin uh, is more um more anime this feels a little more like realism but like watercolored or water painted mm. is what i kind of get from this that's probably a better way to put it but i, I guess what i'm saying is that the the engine uh the engine demo looked interesting but it would be also nice runs at a very stable 15 frames a second <laughs> but it, it would be good to know uh what sort of gameplay there is just because i cannot wait for in-game premium assassin's creed currency yeah yeah that's gonna be awful yeah you know that's coming um next up is assassin's creed red hex and infinity getting teased assassin's creed red is gonna be funny because um this is the one that's going to be done by the assassin's creed odyssey team and they're finally they've dug their heels into the sand for so long and they said we're not going to do assassin's creed in japan it's just you you think you want it but you don't want it we're never gonna do it they're finally doing it. They're going to do Assassin's Creed set in Japan. 
it's the Odyssey team, so people are probably it's probably already off to a bad start if they go like the Odyssey uh Origins and Valhalla approach to it, where it's kind mm. of more like a the Witcher clone than it is an Assassin's Creed game. Um all we know about is the code name and the studio behind it. Yeah. Um they also announced Assassin's Creed Hexy or Hex. And that one's being done by Ubisoft Montreal. I, I believe it's uh PXE. PXE. We, 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 we can run with that. <laughs> um, Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm wrong. <laughs> the, the, the logo for that is using, um, like, I guess, like, a ward or a, um, like... It almost looked like Assassin's Creed 3. Type. Yeah, a little bit. I'm getting the, I'm getting the idea. Uh, it's also on top of, like, a satanic star. I'm getting the idea that it's going to be, like, for, during the Salem Witch Trials, maybe? Oh, set in the Shadow Realm. <laughs> yeah, the Shadow Realm, the Hexes. Gotcha. <laughs> um, they also announced that these two games will be the beginning of using the Assassin's Creed Infinity um, launcher, the live service thing that's going to be happening. Um, awful idea. Multiverses. Awful, awful. Assa- Assassin's Creed Multiverse. <laughs> yeah, the, the multi the multiverse of Assassin's Creed games. God, imagine just like having a single character and then like jumping through a portal to war- into different Assassin's Creed locales. What do you, what do you mean? It, it's going to be it's going to be like um uh uh shit, it'll be like Smash Ultimate, but every so often it'll just be like a new a new fighter approaches and it'll just be different assassins from different periods of time. And I- the entire thing will be who will win in a fight? Altair or Ezio? Now you can now you can find out thanks to our new multiplayer platform online beat 'em up. I, I was thinking of the multiverse of madness scene where they're like crashing through multiple different multiverses and it's just changing art styles, but like it's different <laughs> settings for Assassin's Creed games. God, the the yarn version, the like um tear away for Vita type aesthetic for <laughs> yes. Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that would be fantastic, actually. Um, also, on top of this Infinity announcement, they, they mentioned that they want to bring back the multiplayer that Assassin's Creed did as a standalone experience. One, it's going to be awful live service shit. But two, I really liked the Assassin's Creed multiplayer in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I spent a lot of time in that and got <laughs> hit the level cap and got the platinum trophy in the game, which required doing everything in that multiplayer mode. <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't desperate enough to stick it out for the Platinum Trophy, but I did really enjoy the multiplayer when I was playing it. Yeah, it's one of the more unique type of uh, takes on a multiplayer game as well. At least at the time, a lot of games have out. come... Yeah. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood multiplayer was Among Us before Among Us. I was thinking Dead by Daylight. I stand by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like the early roots of that type of um, gameplay style. And... Mm. Yeah, I'd like to see it come back, and I hope it's done well. I I just yeah. don't think it will if they're doing it through a standalone launcher. It'll probably be a single player, a standalone live service thing. Yeah. Oh well, but you know, maybe Ubisoft will surprise us. I don't think they will, but you know, we can hope. Uh, right. That is uh, actually well, it's technically only one list down, but we're we're. Also had a couple other, like, random headlines at the start. So on to the next list. Next list is Nintendo Direct. My god, the farming. Oh, so much farming. Yeah, we thought we were talking about farming a lot last week. <sighs> Nintendo just had to come in and one-up farming us. Farming for clips. <laughs> <laughs> Show yourself to the corner. 
I'm the host. You show you show me to the corner. <laughs> uh, I'll Wait. give you I'll give you the host chair back. <laughs> That's the corner now. <laughs> Why are you turning it around? It's got to face the wall. Well, don't well, like li lift it. Don't don't just drag it. Oh, you're gonna put marks on the you're gonna put marks on the floor if you just drag it like that. It's the only. I I'm not strong enough to pick it up. That's why I have you around. Well, that's because I'm sitting in it. But I'm saying, find someone else to lift the other side. <laughs> we don't have anyone else. Stephen and Josh left. <laughs> do you not? Do you not have an unpaid intern underneath the unpaid editor? No. If I had that, I would have left editing to them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. One minute into the Nintendo Direct news, and we're already talking about labor shortages. All <laughs> uh, right. First up in the Nintendo Direct news. Uh, Fire Emblem. Uh, this you were is... the one talking about Fire Emblem before. Take it away. <laughs> yeah, so this is a uh, going to be an anniversary game for Fire Emblem. So they're doing. Uh, so let's let's start off. It's a Fire Emblem Engage announced for the Switch. It's going to be coming January twenty next year. When's the wedding? That that that's where we're going to get into it with this. Um, the whole premise of the game is that you have a ring that calls up past uh, Fire Emblem characters. We've seen um we've seen legendary Muff, he's in everything. Uh we've seen Sigurd from Fire Emblem 4, I believe. Um there, there's a wheel that shows a lot of characters. So we know that Roy, Lucina, um, Corin, uh, Lynn, Ike are all gonna be in the game. Everyone that well, you know you're from just, Smash you're just Brothers. Naming, yeah, you're just naming Smash characters. That no no crumb <laughs> from the looks of it, or Robin, unfortunately. What about Kirby? Kirby Kirby could show up. Alright, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was out. I was out. You say Kirby might be in there. I'm, I'm back in. I'm back in. It, this, this looks like a big return to like older style um Fire Emblem games. Even, even before Awakening, this looks like a GBA era type of game. And a lot of uh, Fire Emblem fans I'm seeing online are really, really heavily excited about that because a lot of people didn't like when they didn't like what Awakening did to the series, sort of thing. Mm. Um. So yeah, getting a return to form, um, a lot of people very excited for that. Um, it's got a very colorful art style. It, it looks really nice compared to some of the um, recent ones. It also seems to run better than some of the recent <laughs> games. Well, um, it, seem, it seems like it's carving its own aesthetic and it's not yeah, crazy so, over the top technical. Yeah, no. So another thing is that um, it's only rumored at the moment, but... Gust might be making this game instead of Intelligent Systems, Gust being the developers of um Atelier Riser, which we'll get to later, and um the uh the Fairy Tale game that came out last year, I think. Also, they got a um a VTuber artist to do the designs of the the main characters in this game, and you can you can really tell because people have done um pictures of um the main character as a VTuber avatar on the screen, and <laughs> it it fits too well. It fits right, perfectly. Yeah. I'd believe that. <laughs> um. Also, the main character's design is kind of stupid, but I kind of like it at the same time. They've got like two toned hair of um blue and red. I've seen an idea floated around. I don't think it's going to happen, but some people are like, hey, what if, like, depending on what color Joy-Cons you have in your Switch at the time, it changes <laughs> the two colors of his hair? 100% not going to happen, but there's pictures floating around. I'll probably put them up in the video around here. And, um, yeah, that, that, that'd be that, funny You if get it that happened. nice, like, um, uh, the neon ones for the Splatoon controller pack yeah yeah you get the, the green like, and purple bright green yeah yeah bright green bright pink 
Or if you're boring like me, you have the two greys and he just has full black hair. <laughs> um, or you get the Pikachu and Eevee once, it's half brown, half yellow. Ooh. Disgusting combination for hair, but I completely forgot that was a Joy-Con, uh, Joy-Con uh, option. But yeah, um, no, like the literal, literal um, thing that's happening in this game is that you're wearing engagement rings that summon uh, the past heroes into the game to help assist you. And seems like they're also involved in the story. There's a couple of cutscenes that show Martha around um, happening. They seem to work like um, personas or JoJo stands when you have the rings on. So it's probably only you can see them and they'll affect whoever you're attacking. Um, but no, it's actual just engagement rings. Multiple times you see people are putting these rings on their left hand on the ring finger to make sure they're summoning these characters. Hmm. Got, got to form that, uh, form that bond with them. <laughs> but no, it looks, looks like a very good game. Um, I'm excited for it. I would be excited if it didn't take me 100 hours to beat. Also so we'll fair. See. Uh, next up, it takes two coming to Switch. This one, like, yay. I, I think it's, uh, a, a, I think it's something that would work quite well on Switch. My, uh, I guess I'm just sort of, um, surprised, and I guess to a lesser extent, a little bit nervous as to how this might run. Yeah, I don't think it'll run too well on Switch. They, um, they did show something neat where it's like, if you've got two Switches around, then you just do local play. Um, between the two, and uh, they do, they're still doing the thing where you have um, only one person needs to own the game, and someone else has a friend pass to just play the entire game with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is to be expected. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just like a year later, I'm not sure if it's going to run well on Switch. <laughs> I think everyone that's interested in it takes two would have played it already somewhere else. I, I think that's sort of my stance on it too. Of like you know, great. It's on another platform. Fine. It's a it's a good game. I I don't think we ever actually had a, a proper discussion on it because we're still waiting on Steve and Josh to finish their cute double date. But... And I still need to start it in general. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Um. But yeah. Uh. Cool. Not really too much else to add. Hope hope it runs well. <laughs> God, I hope it runs well. Hmm. Uh. Next up, we have. Uh, Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse being remade for consoles and PC, releasing early 2023. You could have said remade, you could have said made, but I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of the original. Yeah, actually, no, no, Fatal you... Frame I have heard of, actually. Yeah, this is uh, Fatal Frame 4, I believe, and the original was a Wii game that released in 2008. So it's been quite a long time, but good to see that uh, more Fatal, Fatal Frame is coming, even if it's just remakes. I think they've been remaking... Uh, games for a little while now and re-releasing I believe it was Fatal Frame 5 that was a Wii U game and then got released on everything else a couple of years later hmm I have a sneaking suspicion that I was at a friend's house watching him play it years and years and years ago on his Wii yeah yeah that that they they seem like good games um Mm. there's something I want to get into myself but um Horror games are very low on my priority list because I'm a bitch when it comes to horror. Well, because there's there's so much horror going on outside around us right now. Yeah, after the last two years, of course. <laughs> hmm. Uh, next one. Uh, Tunic coming to Switch September 27th. Yay. Uh, yay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I need I need I need a uh, an opinion on this. So yay, sweet. 
Uh, next one, some Xenoblade Chronicles <coughs> Three uh, DLC. It is DLC, right? Yep, part of the season yeah. pass. Cool. Yeah, not just a free update like Monster Hunter, which we'll get into later. <laughs> yeah, they're adding a new uh, mechanical character called Eno, who seems to have their own kind of like skill tree system attached to them. But more importantly, they're also doing swimsuit DLC. Okay, calm down. Listen, everyone is after the main character's titties, not not any of the girls. Sure. <laughs> Appar- apparently, Noah has some really nice pecs to him. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a nice transition out of that. I don't, so just read the next one. Uh, Seafood coming to Switch on November 8th. Yay, that's also going to run horribly. <laughs> and that's a game you don't <laughs> want to run horribly. Hmm. Uh... Again, really not much to add. Uh, this next one, though. Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star. I fucking love this, this so is, much. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, um, uh, the, the boxing games, like fitness games, have been on Switch for a little while now, and they, they, they seem pretty cool. But making one for Fist of the North Star is such a big-brained galactic move that I can't believe I haven't thought of it before. It just makes so much sense. I love seeing it. So now instead of punching Josh, you can... Uh... Punch someone on Switch. Punch Rao. <laughs> uh, so this is a yay from you, huh? Big yay. I don't know if I'll Big ever yay. buy it, <laughs> but just, as a, but, but just, just the fact just, that it exists is amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> fact that we live in a, in, a, in a reality where it exists is already a big yay for you. Yeah, that, that's all I need. Cool. Uh, Front Mission 1 remake coming October, and Front Mission 2 coming early 2020, uh, 2023. Front Mission 3 announced. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'm familiar with any of the front missions. Uh, they're, they're also tactics RPG sort of games. It's uh, sort focus- of like mechery type one, right? Yeah, focused around mechas, uh, for this, these games. Um, we talked about them a little bit before. This is just kind of like giving a release date for them now. And Front Mission yeah. 3 being announced for the first time is nice to see. Um, very excited for these. That, that's all the input I have for it, really. Yeah, they look moderately interesting. Uh, it's it's a wait and see. It's a tentative yay or an, or an a, if you will, uh, from me. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now we get to move on to the first of many farming simulators. Story of Seasons: A Wonderful Life. Farming simulator Kill. counts for the Nintendo Direct is currently at one. Kill me. Can we move on? <laughs> we can move on. Sweet. Uh, farming simulator. Uh, count two. Splatoon three. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> is it is it because you're farming kills against twelve year olds? Absol- absolutely, it is. I'm 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 farming paint. Uh, uh yeah. It's- they have their first post launch Splatfest set for September twenty three to twenty five, and I okay. I don't know. There's something weird to me where so the whole premise of it is that. Uh, what would you bring to a desert island? And there are three teams. There's Team Gear, Team Grub, and Team Fun. There's a clear winner here, Seth. Which one are you on? Are you on the clear winning team? Uh, if it's Team Gear, then yes. Okay, incorrect. It's always Team Fun. Uh, I, I, I had a feeling you'd go that direction. Even if you were going to say Gear, you'd just do something to oppose me. What do you mean? No, it's, it's always Team Fun. Okay, hear me out. You're on a desert island, right? Okay. If you're missing yeah, more than you currently are, because let's face it, Australia is just a large desert island. Uh, if if you have gear, cool. 
you might you might survive for a bit and you might have a way of, of sustaining and, and making a cool little economy but you're on a desert island and you have no hope of survival so you might as well get it over and done quickly uh if your team grub uh sure you might be able to eat but then then you freeze to death and that's not a way to go out but if your team fun you're partying into the sunset hard enough you barely even notice the dysentery <laughs> so so here's here's my my take if if you're on team fun what what do you have like a bunch of playing cards like no, you a have a hoop? lot of co- you. You have you have nothing but hookers and cocaine. <laughs> oh, that that's a completely different type of fun than what Splatoon is advertising. I, I might have to reconsider. <laughs> but but Grub, which is it- funny, which is funny because Team Grub also has hookers and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> T- Team Grub, well, you you got food, but how long is that going to last? Like a day, a week? Team- it's true. Strippers and hookers and cocaine last more than a day. <laughs> <laughs> Team Gear, you get to make all of that yourself. <laughs> team, you get you get to gear, make your just own a little spoon. <laughs> team, team gear, you get a knife, you get some you, you have some trees out there, you can make your own hookers and cocaine. <laughs> what do you mean team team gear is nothing but like uh uh a leather strap and and, and a syringe. <laughs> Maybe a um strap on if you're feeling a little frisky. <laughs> okay, see now that's that's something team fun would bring, alright? Let's let's not <laughs> This is like the crossover between gear and fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, it's the, the like giant bicep forearm clutching, like, um, overlap, the better together type stuff. (laughs) I I think, I think the one that is going to cross over between all three is a ball gag. (laughs) It can be used as gear, grub and fun. What do you mean? The crossover (laughs) of all three is clearly paint. It's Splatoon 3, Seth. What is wrong with you? Of many things, we can move on. <laughs> Instead of psychoanalyzing stuff, we're gonna move on, huh? All right, I see how it is. Uh, right. Up next, we have uh, ah, that's right, Octopath Traveler Two announced. Uh, I didn't even. I mean, Octopath Traveler was kind of on my radar, I guess. The art style's sort of interesting, but it just never really grabbed me enough to want to play it. I had the first one on Switch for a little while. I didn't play all too much of it. I played like five or so hours. It's a it's a lot of fun, but um, uh, it was coming to Steam, and I'm like, you know what? It's been long enough since the last time I played it. I'll get it on Steam later, and I traded in my mm. Switch copy, and then I never bought it on Steam. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that's funny about this to me though is that Octopath Traveler Two is announced for Switch, PC, and PlayStation consoles. Octopath Traveler 1 is on everything except for PlayStation consoles, and now 2 is going to be on everything except for Xbox. Hey, crazy times. It's, it's a bit weird. Maybe 1 will come to PlayStation closer to 2's launch, but we'll see. Mm. Somewhat excited for this. Um, more RPGs are always nice. More RPGs, huh? I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that Nintendo Direct for the first time ever is announcing some RPGs in the game's lineup. They've never done that before. Never. They they get too many complaints if they even think about it. Everyone just yells, where Pokemon at the top of their lungs. Or where's, where Metroid? Where Pikmin? <laughs> well, we know where Pikmin is. Uh, might as well jump to that now. Uh, Pikmin Bloom, Game of the Year contender, announced. Miyamoto, why the fuck did you get up on, st- uh, on the video to talk about this for five minutes? No one cares I... about uh, your the Pikmin knockoff of Pokemon Go. <laughs> I, 
I, I feel like there's there's an exact moment in in the uh, live stream where you, where every Pikmin fan just dies inside when it's announced that it's Pikmin Bloom and not Pikmin Four. But then I think there's a uh, like a couple seconds after that where every fan's heart is miraculously restarted in some kind of widespread global miracle that needs more credit than it gets. Uh, that Pikmin Four was announced. No, 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 no. To be no? fair. Pikmin 4 was announced to be close to completion back in 2015. Pikmin 4 was just shown off for the first time to be an actual real video game for the first time. Ah, that's the difference. Um, I, I don't I'm know a, what uh... Miyamoto was cooking for seven years there. <laughs> they, they, they came in with not much gameplay and just a couple of screenshots uh, at the Nintendo Direct. But... What do, you, we'll see. what do you mean? All of all, all of those seven years went into making the greatest mobile game uh, companion app for Pikmin Four that they could possibly get. Ah, uh, yes, Pikmin Bloom. <laughs> I guess he Pikmin was also Bloom busy. TD. I guess he was also busy trying to uh, wrangle Chris Pratt in for the movie <laughs> to voice all the Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, a pick. God, how would you even do a Pikmin movie? That would be horrid. It'd be like the least interesting thing. But then again, they made Minions, which are just basically—they're basically Pikmin. It's true. Although, a lot of them are called Kevin. <laughs> they also like bananas, right? True. That, that's true. a thing. I think that they're so relatable. Super they wear relatable. overalls. I wear overalls. They have jaundice. I have jaundice. <laughs> They have speech difficulty. I have speech difficulty. <laughs> Sometimes I only have one eye and wear like a monocle goggle. <laughs> Finally, some representation in media. Am I right, fellas? Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's return to. I was gonna say let's return to the farm simulator account. Let's get let's get one more out of the way first. Um, Threat Rhythm Final Bar Line announced for PS4 and Switch. Um. Okay, what were your thoughts? I have thoughts on this. What were your thoughts on this? I am really excited for this. Uh, I didn't own the Fierce Rhythm games uh, on the 3DS because I didn't own many games on the 3DS, but I did play the demo of the first one and I had a lot of fun with that uh, that game. That style of rhythm game is really unique to Fierce Rhythm. Um, yeah, and just getting getting a new one of these, I didn't expect at all. And I'm very glad to see it back. The track list is going to be huge. They're um, tackling a lot of uh, things from uh, other sort of Final Fantasy properties besides just the games. So we're going to be seeing things from like the Primals or uh, from Scions and Sinners, which are both uh, Final Fantasy fourteen rock soundtracks. Um, we're also getting some of the spin-off games like Stranger of Paradise is getting some stuff. Um, Crystal Chronicles is getting some representation. But they're also going outside of uh, Final Fantasy and they're going to be doing uh, um, some music tracks from games like Nier or The World Ends With You or Saga or even Octopath Traveler. And that's really cool. Those, those uh, uh, side games are going to be DLC, I believe, which sucks a little bit. But in general, this, like, the track list in the get base game itself is going to be very big that I don't think I mind all that much paying a little bit premium to go from like 400 songs to 500 songs. Okay, that actually made me more excited for it because what I saw, I'm not familiar with the series at all, but what I saw, uh, my my gut reaction to it was that it made me really miss Patapon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, can, I can understand that. It does kind of have like a Patapon-ish look to it. 
Mm. But yeah, okay. No, you you've actually helped sell me on that more than more than me uh, initially looking at it. So thanks, I think. You're uh, welcome. But not only are you farming my appreciation, but Nintendo continues with farming the farming simulator announcements. Uh, Two with- farming simulators. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh, we're not gonna start that. We will be here for a while. Um, next, next one, next one in that in that dreaded sub list is uh, Fay Farm announced. I got nothing on this one. It, it looks like a thing. It does. It does. It looks like one of the farming simulators of all time. Uh, and a- another contender for the farming simulator of all time, Rune Factory Three. Ru- uh, far- farm- farming simulator count up to three as well with this one. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, Good timing. Um, no, Rune Factory is supposed to be like one of the better farming simulators that are out there. Um, I think it's interesting that they're going like an angle of, hey, you can turn into a monster, like one of the monsters in this one and interact with the townspeople as a monster and they have unique dialogue around that. Um, I don't know. I think it, Baron Breakfast did it better. I, I've yet to play that. <laughs> so have I, but I just, just on principle, I want to say that it did it better. But yeah, no, Rune Factory is supposed to be one of like the higher echelon ones when it comes to farming simulators. So yeah, yay for Rune Factory fans. I also hear well, Bree that, is one of the better games. In that case, you're going to be stoked for Farm Simulator announcement number four, where there's a new Rune Factory game in development. <laughs> yeah, they released um, five, I think it was last year, last year in Japan. So it seems like about time that a new one is in development and going to be released probably next year. Alongside like another eight or nine farming simulators. Uh, it's, yeah, it's I, becoming a very cool. big genre. I, so my suspicion here is that because like we, we're getting gameplay trailers and things where there's probably already been somewhere between six months and 18 months of development, right? Like maybe more, maybe less, but somewhere in there. I... I feel like a lot of this was um, uh, Animal Crossing hitting right as the pandemic did and just doing super well because that's all anyone could do for all of the time they spent in lockdown. I think and so, that and Stardew Valley. Yeah, but like every, every game studio looks at that and goes, we're not coming out of a pandemic anytime soon. People are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. want to cash in on that. And you, and know, what? you know what? We're going right. to improve. We're going to improve on the formula by not including Isabel. That, that sounds like a downgrade. <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> why why uh, would you remove Isabel? That she's like the heart and soul of Animal Crossing now. Yeah, rip it out. <laughs> Tom Tom Nook, he can stay. <laughs> yeah, he, so, someone's got to threaten your leg benders. <laughs> I've always wanted to have knees that bend the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> um, next one is just a bunch of Nintendo 64 games. Um, coming to Nintendo Online expansion. So, um, th- this one I wasn't 100% clear on. Is this that it's attached to the, uh, that, like, premium Nintendo Switch Online yeah. uh, membership? Yeah, Nintendo 64 games are part of, like, the higher tier. So, um, So you don't actually own them, you just have access to them while you're the member, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, honestly, there's some of the games that they've announced, because I, I was post Nintendo 64 era like um uh I was trying to think of the, the Panic at the Disco line the two too old to live too young to die whatever that line was anyway yeah I, I wasn't a part of the Nintendo 64 era but um yeah when it comes to, to Nintendo games I'm past the 64 era as well I was a PS1 kid 
and then jumped yeah. into Nintendo with the GBA and the GameCube. I was a PS2 kid, so bit of a bit of a uh, young, a one generation young... jump. Yeah, uh, but GBA is in common, so hey, GBA gang. Rise G- up. GBA gang, um, so good. True, uh, but yeah, being able to play uh, things like Pokemon Stadium is like Pokemon Stadium's always been interesting to me, uh, the- as has um, I've I've never been into. I've ne- I'd never been into Mario Party, and it was funnily enough watching um, a lot of Alpha Ride content playing Mario Party. Uh, not the Switch one, but the like uh, best of previous. I think it was Superstars. Probably, the, yeah. Like, anniversary. What the 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 not the not made for Switch one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I I played this the made for Switch one, and honestly, having never played a Mario Party. I like to think of myself as a reasonably smart person, generally, but the num- the sheer like number of mechanics that the game just threw at you immediately without having like without you as a person having any idea what was going on, and the person whose switch we were playing on was like, "Oh yeah, no, you just need to do this, 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 and this to have a game like Superstars, which is just kind of stripped back um uh kind of core Mario Party gameplay keen, and I've heard that, that that that's a similar format as Mario Party's one through three, so that's actually kind of interesting to me. Yeah, no, I've um I'm opposite. I'm a big Mario Party fan. I got in with um Mario Party eight, which is like a lot of people's low point in the series. Um but I I really enjoyed that one and I just kind of went backwards in the series uh, um and played some of the older ones. Um Mario Party 2 and 3 are like just standout classics. They're fantastic games and and they're very simple to get into, honestly. Mm. Um it it's probably like the situation you were in and probably the game you were playing that made it seem a bit overbearing, but they they they're, they're fairly simple I find and very easy to get into. Um it's just a lot of like trying to juggle when you go into a new mini game is when it gets a little weird and like if you're playing with someone that's played before then they're just going to uh sweep up but um there there is a little bit of learning curve of what you have to do per mini game um but no um it's them coming in i if they have online play which i don't know if they will on nintendo switch online but if they do that's like an extra point on like subscribing and getting it um i want to go back to pokemon stadium as well for a little bit um, a big appeal of Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 was, at the time, transferring your Pokemon from the Game Boy games into these games and having them in 3D on the N64. Uh, for very obvious reasons, that feature isn't going to be in this. Um, but it seems like there's still, uh, from what I hear, it's still very, very worth playing the game um, using the rental Pokemon, and you can get a lot of mileage out of the game just through that. So that'll be interesting to see. Mm. But it, it kind of sucks that like the main draw of that game is a not available and b kind of being replaced with like Pokemon moving to Switch now. Yeah. Uh. Also, uh, had to briefly uh, answer a phone call quickly. But uh, did you touch Goldeneye? I did not. No. Goldeneye. <laughs> I've. It's funny. I expected more people to be excited by GoldenEye being announced as coming to Switch than I have seen. Yeah, no, um, GoldenEye is very, very popular. Um, it's also coming to Xbox and Game Pass. Um, 
yeah, no, this is exciting. It is like one of the foundational FPS games on consoles, and it's it's rough going back to it, I will admit. But just for like a hit of nostalgia, it'll be fun to play. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't really have anything to add. It was just interesting because uh, a few people that are uh, I've I've seen I've seen mixed, I guess. Like um, uh, some people are really keen and will will play this instantly, and other people are like, eh. That's all right, but you're right. It is kind of like an institution in, in the FPS genre. So, yeah, just interesting. Um, I think that's basically all the Nintendo 64 stuff. Uh, Factorio coming to Switch. Uh, honestly, finally, I think, is, is, is my take on this. It, I don't know I don't a know whole why. lot about Factorio, so I'll, I'll just have to leave that one to you. Yeah, uh, yeah yay from me. I feel like Factorio is the sort of game that should have been on Switch a while ago, but glad that it's finally arriving. Uh, I don't know this one at all. Ib? Coming to Switch. Ib is a um indie horror game that's been around on PC forever. I think they just recently remade it, like upping upping the visual style of the game while kind of mm. staying true to the original. So it's just cool to see it coming to other things than just being a weird indie thing that's been on PC forever. Yeah. Uh sweet. Yeah, I don't really have anything more to add. Uh in fact, given how many more things we have to get through, we might even have to add even less to some of these. Uh, for those following at home, Farming Simulator count now at five, uh, various day life, like, uh, I'm I'm gonna gonna shamelessly rip this from a donkey video, but who the fuck is naming these? Uh, Square Enix. Just, just someone at Square Enix. (laughs) They, they have like a dartboard there where they throw at, um, they throw two darts and whatever they land on is the name of the title. That, that's how we got oh, Octopath Traveler like and Triangle and, Strategy. Um, yeah, Triangle Strategy. Bravely Deofield Chronicles somehow. Deofield is a very weird name to be up on the dartboard, but they, they managed. <laughs> Someone lost a bet. <laughs> it was uh, me, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> and my field. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nay for me because I'm not that interested in farming simulators, but... I, I hey, hear if, it's if, very good, but I'm not too interested in it. Yeah. Uh, Mario Strikers adding Diddy Kong and Pauline. Uh, this, I... Pauline, I, I can accept as a DLC character, but Diddy should have been there day one. I, my, so my issue isn't even that they're adding characters. It's that I don't know anyone that is still playing Mario Strikers. Yeah, no, or, I think I, people fell off that game like a week later. Yeah, and I, Not I, even a week. I fell off. I fell off on the weekend. I bought it on Friday, played played it all weekend and enjoyed it, and then it came to Monday, stopped it, and just never picked it up again. Yeah, my I, issue is that they, I think it was they, Alpha Red or someone like a similar YouTuber like did that game and like in in like a day they're like, okay, I've seen everything this game has to offer. I'm done. Hmm. That was there. Were, there were definitely a few YouTubers uh, that that were in that boat. The the issue for me is that uh, it's all well and good to announce DLC, but I feel like they would make the game way more replayable if they just change some of the core gameplay mechanics or well, not not change there's nothing wrong with them but it's the fact that there's it's the fact that there is only 4v4 with uh certain with like a time limit so it's weird that they're introducing yeah. more deal more dlc characters when but if they're they not change adding that more to, game modes to yeah exactly extend if they, the life if they changed it to a different number of characters on each team or if they adjusted uh how the game actually plays, so it's not just the same thing with different characters each time. I think that would draw more people back than just announcing Diddy Kong and Pauline. But yeah, or maybe like some weird party modes. Just yeah, something to I spice f- up the game. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next up. Uh, uh, at, 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 Atala? Atelier. Atala? Atelier? Yeah. Whatever. Ri uh, Ri Rise of 3 coming to, to PlayStation Switch PC. Now uh, with more fires. Now with what? <laughs> now with more fires. Cool. <laughs> Atelier Pfizer is a big meme that runs through that game's life. Because, obviously, she has big fires. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you that you helped me solve the mystery on that one. It was real confusing for a bit. Uh, Mario Kart Eight showing off two DLC courses. Uh, which it's still weird to me that Mario Kart Eight is still the most up to date Mario Kart game. Yeah, would have thought they would have done nine by now. Yeah, but instead they're like, here's an entire the... game's worth of DLC coming out instead. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, uh, I can kind of respect. Eight is a very solid game in itself. Oh, it is. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's definitely my favorite Mario Kart game. It's just funny given that uh, so much of Nintendo Direct is this game being remade, this game coming to this platform, whatever. And then Mario Kart was silenced, or like it started as like a as like a Switch seller, even though it was available on Wii U as well. Um, and then stayed silent, and then. Earlier this year, announced all the DLC for Mario Kart 8 of half the cost of the game for a, a huge amount more tracks. And I guess what we wait another five years and then get Mario Kart 9. <laughs> five years if we're lucky. <laughs> uh, but no, it's what's weird to me about this is um they've only they only showed two of the um uh, the tracks. They they they're saving the next two for like whenever the the um tracks are actually gonna drop. And honestly, I kind of would have preferred just to wait and see all four tracks whenever they're ready to come out. Hmm. Like, this, you don't this is. A... They have to announce something in the direct. Besides the farming simulators? <laughs> farming simulators and DLC racetracks. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, sorry, anything more to. I didn't mean to cut you off. Anything more to add that you wanted to that? Oh, uh, no, not really. I just kind of like. I, I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm spoiled by one uh, by um uh, this being here. It's just like I could have waited to see more. They they didn't need to show this here. Hmm. Uh. Right. Next up. Uh. Nintendo Switch Sports. Uh. Delays the golf game. Uh. Well, the golf update. Which uh, this game should never have launched without the golf. Yeah. It was. Because this this is the new Nintendo Switch Sports, and there was there were like two. There was like the games that they had at launch, and then there was the game that was coming like day like two, and then there was a couple games that were coming later on. I'm I'm assuming golf was one of those. Yeah, golf was going to be one of them later on because they were working on doing like big multiplayer stuff for it. Oh, of course they were. And because of that big multiplayer stuff, I'm assuming it's been de delayed. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Uh, next up, uh, Screenix announcing. I love this. They announce a simulation adventure game called uh, Katsogu Danshi Elements with Emotions, but no part of this seems like a simulation. Yeah, no, I, I got nothing on this one, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to skim through the trailer again real, real quick, but I don't, I don't know what to glean from this at all besides it's got a bunch of nice character designs. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, article from, from Gamatsu, most of these are from Gamatsu. Um, Screenix has announced adventure simulation game, uh, Kitsogu Danchi elements with emotions. And then 
uh, in Kitsugu Danchi, Elements with Emotions, players will guide those who possess powers of chemical elements. Like, yeah, okay, real simulation-y, got it. Yeah, I don't know what the simulation aspect of this is gonna be. No, neither. Uh, anything in the trailer, or are we good to move on? We're good to move on. Sweet. Uh, moving on. Resident Evil being added to Switch via cloud gaming. Whew. The, Cannot wait. These will not run at all. <laughs> I, I think Resident Evil 7 is already on um, cloud gaming on Switch, in, but literally only in Japan. It, it never left. And it's a shame. Uh, next up, we have yet another body count farming simulator. Six. Uh, Harvest, Harvestella demo. Yeah, um... This is this one's neat. This is this is more leaning towards being an RPG than it is being a farming simulator, thankfully. So it's got that going for it. Um I haven't downloaded demo. I'm I'm not that interested right now. But apparently it does like a decent chunk of the game and it seems to be doing fairly well. Hmm. Uh next up we have Bayonetta 3. Alright, I'll just take over this real quick. Thank you. Um, they didn't do show a whole lot during the Nintendo Direct itself, but they showed an eight-minute uh, gameplay breakdown afterwards. It, it's, it took a little bit, but uh, it eventually came through. Um, it's more of the Bayonetta that we know and love. Um, they're adding a lot of... Um, a lot of it goes through, like, just the general things that we already know about it, like um, the punch kicks, using guns, um, the hidden verses... Um, the things that are interesting is that uh, there's uh, in Bayonetta's combat now she can um summon in her demons now to fight for her, and uh, she can weave back and forth between doing her combos to summoning the demons to doing big finisher attacks. Um, whenever she's summoning a demon though, because um of how it works in law, she's uh, stuck stationary doing her dance around, and she's vulnerable. So you've kind of got to keep an eye out of uh, enemies kind of sneaking in, stealing hits against uh, Bayonetta, and breaking that focus. But it's really cool just seeing um these big kaiju type monsters being thrown out to completely obliterate the battlefield every now and then. Um. They've also changed up traversal options. So in uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2, you had, um, uh, you could turn into a panther for running, a crow for flying a little bit, and a snake for underwater travel. Um, uh, this time, instead of doing those, you just turn into whatever demon you have equipped at the moment. And depending on whatever demon you have, they have different types of traversal movements for them. So, um... From what I gleamed, Madama Butterfly just kind of like glides around a little bit. But you also have a spider demon that you can do a jump into a swing into climbing up walls with them, which seems really cool. And I think that's all that's new for Bayonetta herself, which puts us into the new character Viola. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. One moment. Um... Viola seems to be taking a lot of cues from uh, Raiden and Sam from Metal Gear Rising. She seems to be doing a lot of um what they do in those uh, games. So she's got like the sort the katana parry. She seems to have like uh Sam's taunt system and charging up all his attacks to do like big slashes that do a lot of uh, multi hit damage. Um, she can also throw out her swords uh, to uh, summon her demon Cheshire cat, 
And while Dad's out, she she's not doing the dance like Bayonetta does. Um, that's the Cheshire is her weapon itself. So she's just free to run around, and do punch and kick combos while Dad's out fighting enemies for her. And something that I really appreciate is that while she's playable, she has a different style of music. So Bayonetta is all about like uh, smooth jazz and uh, kind of lights music like that. Uh, when Viola is one it being played, it's kind of like Avril Lavigne and uh, Paramore style pop rock that's playing in the background. And I absolutely love that style change. It it's it um, opposes Bayonetta really well, and it's just a very good genre of music in general. That's cool. Uh, anything more to add on Bayonetta three? Uh, very excited for that game. Very, very excited. Probably one of my contenders for game of the year. <laughs> um, I will be very happy to play that on uh, on emulation instead of playing it on hardware because it will not run on Switch. <laughs> uh, good. Um, next up in the list, uh, Danganronpa. Uh, well, the the developers of Danganronpa uh, announced Master Detective Archives Raincoat launching in spring. Um, uh, yay Yay, because uh, Danganronpa games are very good. Um, they didn't show a whole lot for it yet, besides really pretty good-looking character designs. Um, need to see more of it. Yeah, fair. Uh, speaking of things that I don't think will run well on Switch, Crisis Core. <laughs> yeah, Crisis Core is getting a lot of gameplay shown lately, but um, what was shown on the Nintendo Direct itself was uh, confirming that the release date is going to be December 13, putting it directly in this year's releases. Yeah. Very excited uh, about that. Um, Very stupid that uh, Square Enix is charging 70 US dollars for a remake of a fucking PSP game, though. <laughs> so, I personally, I'm waiting for a price drop before I buy it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Next up, Clap Hands releasing uh, Easy Come, Easy Golf for Switch. Uh, great title. title. Title alone almost makes it a yay for me. What makes it an even bigger yay for me is that um, Clap Hands are the people that made um, Everybody's Golf and Hot Shots Golf on uh, the PlayStation consoles. <laughs> they haven't gone to make a new one of those since the Vita, I think. Oh, no, no, no. There was that PS4 multiplayer one. But it's been a very long time, and I don't think Sony's doing another one. <laughs> so them going to Switch and making a golf game called Easy Come, Easy Golf just kind of screams petty bitch to me, and I love it. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Radiant Silver Gun released for Switch. Uh, don't know anything about this one either. I think it's a shmup. Uh, I've heard Radiant Silver Gun brought up a lot. Uh, this will make people happy, so yay. Cool. Uh, Tales of Symphonia announced for current gen consoles. Boo, uh, it's but... 30 FPS. Boo, it was 60 FPS on the GameCube. Why did they cut the frame rate in half? Because <laughs> now, now you have two controllers instead of one. You got half, half in each Joy-Con. I think you could have played two players on the GameCube version, actually. I'm not 100% sure on that. Hey, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here, right? <laughs> Never give Bandai Namco the benefit of the doubt. Kirby's <laughs> <laughs> um, Return to Dreamland Deluxe coming to Switch. Um, this one... Cool. I, I... I knew a reasonable amount about Kirby, like, sort of late 90s, early 2000s era, and then didn't follow it for ages and then picked it up again with like star allies and uh, uh and forgotten land which i still haven't played actually but uh i'm i'm yay just because more kirby is more kirby 
Yeah, no, this is good. And Return to Dreamland was like the beginning of that Star Allies type of style of game coming back. Because yeah. between 64 and Re- uh, Return to Dreamland, they were doing a bunch of like weird... Uh, um, like the yarn ones, right? Yeah, the yarn ones, Kirby's Air Ride. Um, there was that um, uh, Squeak Squad, a few other different like experimental games. So this was mm. like a big return to form for Kirby and a lot of people really loved that. So getting it on modern hardware is really appreciated. Uh, and finally, the news that everyone, I think, was expecting in this Nintendo Direct and they got, uh, the sequel to, uh, hang on, yeah, the sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, is no longer called the sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Thank uh, you. They- Jeff Keighley finally has a name to put onto his award show for yeah, it to win one more that. most anticipated game award. Yeah. Yep, uh, it's been confirmed that it's now going to be called Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which, real unfortunate timing. Yeah, they didn't have um, the Nintendo Direct streaming in the UK, and immediately people would start thinking, maybe they didn't do it because of the um, name of this game. Uh, also worth noting, saw... it's, uh, it's launching May 12th, 2023. Yeah, yeah, worth, worth noting that. And um, also, uh, in, uh, in what they showed, uh, they showed, uh, I think they showed enough, honestly. I know some people are back and forth about whether they should have shown more, but, uh, they showed a little bit of gameplay, but mostly hinting at just how big the map is going to be for this one. Yeah, that and- that was one of the selling points, and it looks huge. Yeah, and it's, like, multi-layered as well, so, like, the word tears can also be used, like- um, the other way of saying it is, um, where it's like multiple layers of a area. Mm. Um, You'll be crying tears of joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I wanted to make a quick comment on this. Um, the length between uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is actually longer than the gap between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild was, which is insane to think of because... Skyward Sword to Breath of the Wild, they were building a completely new game. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, they were building off an existing game and making more and building on top of it. So you would have thought the development time would have been shorter, not longer. Hmm. Hopefully it's good, though. It looks good. I know a lot of people are excited for it. Yeah. Breath of the the Wild, I stand by saying that it was a very good base and... I think they could have improved on it, so I'd, I'm very excited to see Tears of the Kingdom and see if they can make it better. Hmm. Because it was, it was like a selling point for the Switch, and I think with that in mind, it was a good selling point for the Switch, so now it'd be cool to see them build, uh, I guess, a, a more fully realized game within, with, like, you know, with, within what was set up in, in Breath of the Wild 1. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the Nintendo list. Which was also thank- uh, the biggest one, so thankfully everything's going to be a bit faster than that. Yeah, and now we get to move on to PlayStation State of Play. Opening up, Tekken 8 announced. Yay. Man, this was such a ballin' trailer. <laughs> they started strong. Yep. Uh, I have Tekken 7. I've played little bits of it on, on PC, but uh, my... Uh, I think it was Tekken 5 was, was the big one that I was into on, Yeah, same um, I really like Tekken 7, I've played it a lot 
but Tekken 3 and Tekken 5 were like, th- those were my babies. Uh, Tekken 3, I played a lot with my uncles and aunts as a like, very small child. And then Tekken mm. 5 was the one I played a lot with my brothers because I was a bit older, wasn't seeing the extended family as much. But me and my brothers would sit, sit around the PlayStation 2 and just play that a lot. Also, Dark Resurrection on PSP. That made yes, me sink yeah, a ton that- of time into that game. Dark Resurrection was very good. Uh, so yeah, yay, yay for me. Um, Big yay for me. Um, they're saying they put a note in that it was all in-engine footage. It's all being... Everything that was shown is assets for the game itself showing from a moment in the story. Uh, that's going to, The new story mode that's going to be happening. Um, story mm. this time is going to be focusing around Jin versus Kazuya after the last game wrapped up Heihachi versus Kazuya. Kazuya is a big shit, just or in the middle of all these family rivalries. Um, no, it looks, looks really cool. Um, they're moving to Unreal Engine 5 now as well, so big graphical you... improvements from um, Tekken 7. Yeah. Are you more excited for Street Fighter or Tekken 8? Tekken 8. Tek- Street Fighter like, 6 or Tekken 8? Tekken 8. Tekken, Tekken is like my baby for the fighting games. Like, there, yeah, there's games same. I like better, like Guilty Gear. But Tekken is like coming home for me. Cool, re- re- relatable. It's a shame we don't have Josh here to descend. Yeah, I also hope that they add rollback netcode to Tekken Eight, so that <laughs> so that it can finally function good online. Because mm. Tekken Seven matches online fucking suck. Yeah. Uh, next up, Star Wars: Tales from the Galaxy Edge announced for PSVR two. I I like this quite a bit because um. They didn't show a single lightsaber. <laughs> um, seeing, seeing you as like, I, I don't know if you're going to be a bounty hunter in this game, but just like someone with a blaster exploring the Star Wars universe is pretty neat. I you, like you the don't idea get of that. If, if you were to just be a stormtrooper and it's just five hours of gameplay of you just trying to hit anything. Yeah. <laughs> the game's just hard-coded so that you never hit, no matter how good your aim is. <laughs> God, so... The fucking scene between the two stormtroopers, like, trying to shoot a can in Mandalorian Season 1. That, that's, like, hands down my favorite Star Wars scene ever. You're going to have to explain why. I haven't seen the Mandalorian. Oh, you haven't? Okay. So, it, um, you know Taika Waititi, right? I do. I do. This, this was from an episode that he directed. So, it's just, like, these two stormtroopers uh, standing together, kind of having a chat... And it's just comedy gold of them, like, chatting, and then there's a thing that's in front of them, so they both try to shoot it, but it, every single shot just misses by an inch, and it's one of the best scenes in Star Wars. You, you need to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go find it. Sounds great. Um, they, they, were, they, they were also told to stop hitting the Baby Yoda doll because the thing cost millions of dollars, and if they broke it, it'd be on them. Because there's a scene where one of them uh, has to hit him on the on the top of the head because it bit his finger. Right. <laughs> I feel like that might be funnier if I'd seen The Mandalorian. <laughs> anyway. Uh, next up, uh, Demio coming to PSVR 2 as well. Uh, I hear this is already out on PC and is a very good game. Cool. So Sure. Yeah. Just just more stuff coming to PSVR 2 to fill up the library, I guess, which is nice. Mm. You, you want a big uh, library at launch when this slot comes out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
uh, next up in the list though, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, showing the, that sweet, sweet PlayStation exclusive quest that <laughs> surprised everyone when it was announced out of the blue two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, too bad we don't have Steven here, Resident uh, Hogwarts Legacy fan that's not going to buy it because he never buys games at full price. And he doesn't, and he's not going to buy it because he doesn't have a PlayStation either, right? Yeah, he's not going to do this quest because he doesn't have a PlayStation. Mm, no matter, no matter how much, no matter how many um, five hundred dollars special editions he buys, <laughs> um, it's it's neat looking. It's uh, being trapped in a haunted uh, uh, Hogsmeade uh, seems pretty interesting, but couldn't gleam a lot from it besides that. Mm. It's it's a uh, very quickly cut trailer. Well, it's probably because they need to get back to make sure that they're able to ship it next year. Yeah. <laughs> make, make sure it's shippable by February, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Uh, next up on the list, this one I'm super excited for, actually. Uh, survival driving game Pacific Drive was announced for PS5 and PC. This, I'm, I'm a little nervous for, but quite excited for, because this, to me, has, like, shades of uh, Thumper and... There was one other game that uh, I felt like was a good comparison. Hmm. Uh, I don't quite remember. But uh, my, like, it, it, they have all of the elements here of making a really uh, enticing game. Uh, like, a, oh, maybe it was, it might have been Alan Wake. That, uh, maybe. I do like, get, like, a little bit of, like, Alan Wake vibes just from the lighting. Yeah, the the lighting and the kind of like un unknowable the atmosphere. Um, yeah, yeah, unknowable atmosphere that's hostile, um, and the mist. I think was the other one. Um, as the the movie slash show, not 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 the game. <laughs> um, this uh, is also but, like a very unique uh, take on like a survival game, from yeah, what I so understand. That's that that that's that's why I'm I'm super I'm excited. I'm slightly skeptical in that. Uh, they so they have they they showed off you driving in a station wagon with little uh, excerpts of story playing and you just trying to just drive, and I'm excited for that because there's a, that you could build in quite a lot of narrative into making that an enjoyable game. Where it could fall over is, unfortunately, survival horror is very easy to extend the mechanics available to you, but if all of the mechanics are set up around survival horror in a car you you become limited in, into what would feasibly work in a horror game i feel at least with, without knowing too much more about the game than what they showed so i'm skeptical i suspect it'll be the sort of thing where everyone will play through a couple levels and it'll be great i'm just nervous what the full gameplay looks like if they're not able to uh innovate within the gameplay as the game plays out and it might get a little bit stale yeah, I can see that. I I understand where you're coming from. Like, um, if it, it, limiting it to the car can be a problem if they don't do it well enough. The car has to basically be a character in itself and have its own mechanics around it to vary up and keep the gameplay interesting throughout the playthrough. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to fire nothing but quippy one-liners like every Marvel film. <laughs> um, Knight Rider. <laughs> yes, exactly like that, right? <laughs> um, next up, we have PlayStation Stars digital collectibles, uh, which are totally not NFTs. Absolutely not. So, Patrick, they, you you were a yes. PS3 person, right? 
It's it's true. Yes. Do do you remember the height of the PS3 era known as PlayStation Home? No. Oh god. Okay. So you know, you know all this um this metaverse talk going on at the moment where everyone's like, oh, you can make your own avatar and go into a digital oh, space that and thing. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'll ju- ju- since I already started down that line of thought, anyway, for for the viewers, uh, PlayStation Home was this uh, virtual space for PlayStation Three where you had your own little apartment. Uh, you could decorate it. Uh, you could make your uh, customize your avatar. But you could also go out and kind of like play, uh, play bowling with people, play a pool, um, watch game trailers, watch game events, do mini games based around uh, different games and unlock awards uh, for them. Like I believe there was one for Uncharted 2 and one for Killzone 2 at some point. Um, it, was, it was a neat little thing. It was fun. I, I was one of those unfortunate people that got 100% trophies in it. Um, this this whole um digital collectible thing would have made a lot more sense to me if it was during that PlayStation Home era where you you do activities, you earn these rewards, and you can show them off in your apartment as like these trophies that you would have gotten. And they talked about that at one point with PlayStation Home, but they never implemented it. Probably mm. because it was already on its downfall by that point. So these aren't NFTs though, right? These are absolutely not NFTs, no. They, these in, are just in like no way are these non-fungible tokens. These are not fungible. So they I are, mean, so not non-fungible. Yeah, there we go. So they're, they're, these are fungible tokens. Yes, 100% I think these are these all just be- freshly picked fungible tokens. I believe this will just be 3D models associated to your PSN account that you can just look at in like a digital collectible viewer or something, and and are available on DigitalOcean. Yes. <laughs> Bought with Ethereum. <laughs> what was the um, uh, what was the one that we covered a couple of weeks ago? Where uh, only if you had access to di- not DigitalOcean, one of the other marketplaces. Only right, for as long it was as a was cloud a- figurine. Some square that's figurines. Right. Yeah, that's they, right. And, they, and you get you the physical buy... one, but you also get a digital certificate and a digital figurine that's hosted on like OpenSea or something. Yeah, that's right. God, what a time to be alive. Born too late to explore the world. Born too early to explore the stars. Born just in time to live through the hell of NFTs. That was the quote I was trying to look for earlier. Uh, but very true. Uh, Ben Namco announces a sci-fi mech game. Sin Duality coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Um, this one actually... Got got feeling to watching the trailer for this one. Reminded me of uh, Armor Core. Yeah, I was getting Armored Core vibes from it as well, just from the mech design. Mm. A little bit of um the new Sakura Wars as well, but that's a little more out of left field. <laughs> no one knows what Sakura Wars is besides me. But I had I had to get my comments out there. Right, right. Don't a, a little bit, a little bit of um, a little bit of um, uh, Death Stranding as well, kind of from like. The vibes of walking around and picking things up. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, that looks um, that looked interesting. I need Not- to see a deeper look into the game, but just what yeah. they showed seems it's pretty not a neat. Strong- it's not a strong yay, but it's it's not a not a nay yet. Oh, so. I believe they also 
for this game, they confirmed that there's going to be multiplayer in it and you will have to compete with other players for resources that are out in the world. So it is NFTs. Yes. <laughs> Video game NFT. Got it. Uh, sweet. Next we have, um, <laughs> so, uh, Seth. Yes. You're, you're part of, you're part of the Ubisoft team when, when everyone's like, hey, you should make an Assassin's Creed in Japan. And your default response to that would be. Uh, yeah, they should have made one in Japan by now. No, 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 no. But, but you're, but you're part of that team. Oh. So um... your, your response is. Yeah, it's exciting to be finally making Assassin's Creed ma- set in okay. Japan. No, you know what? I, sh- I should have fed you notes beforehand. It's okay. You're not media trained like I am. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, uh, Seth here, the, the production head of um, every Assassin's Creed game ever, uh, constantly fields questions such as, when is Assassin's Creed going to Japan? And every time... Oh, uh, you sorry. Seth- you meant like that. I thought you meant like, now that one's finally happening, how do I react? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, Wait, that like, is this, a this, bad... This is like- that, that was a big mystery from me. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you a month ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or me but, like 10 you're... years ago. Two yeah, a month yeah. ago. Wait, wait, exactly. Where you're up on your high horse and you're like, we'll never do an Assassin's Creed in Japan. You don't know what you want. And then they announce it. No, no, no. It's we like, know what you want. You think you know what you want, but you don't. We know what you want. True. You, you want so, you want France. <laughs> you want pirates again. Trust us. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and so now, now they're like they they've they've kicked their feet and and uh, they've they've begrudgingly gone. Fine, we'll we'll give the people what they want and and make an Assassin's Creed in Japan. Meanwhile, Team Ninja is like. Oh boy. <laughs> you know what Time. was a cool game? Ghost of Tsushima. We should do that. True, true. Uh uh everyone going, hey, can we have uh can we have the uh Assassin's Creed in Japan? And they say, No, the Assassin's Creed in Japan machine is broken. <laughs> and Ubisoft's like, finally we will do it, and everyone else is like, We're already doing it. You you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh but this the 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 demo that so the game the game is um uh, Rise of the Ronin, uh, coming for PS5. Looks uh, the fantastic. Trailer, the trailer looked so good. Yeah, it it's basically open world Neo, but in Japan. But also, yeah. I I guess I guess it's like them following the trend of just following along what From Software did. So From Software <laughs> did Demon Souls and Dark Souls. So they did Neo. Now they've done Elden Ring. So now they're doing Rise of the Ronin. Yeah, um, tracks checks but, out. But the thing that I really love about these is that every time they make a new game in this type of formula, they take one step closer to just making a new Ninja Gaiden game again. And I cannot (laughs) wait for the day where they just finally hit that formula and go, oh, hey, this is just Ninja Gaiden. This is just an action game. They they do it and they release it and all of the media is like, hey, they're doing a new Ninja Gaiden game. And they're like, guys, please stop calling it that. It's not a new Ninja Gaiden game. But no, this uh, this looks fantastic. I I am really excited for this, and hmm. also just straight up hard PS Five exclusive. We're finally getting out of that situation of everything is cross gen. Yeah. Uh, next up though we oh have... oh one, sorry sorry one oh, last thing one on other that thing? one one last thing on that um they announced it's going to be a twenty twenty four game, so 
uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a bit of a wait. Hmm. Worth it though, if the trailer. Oh yeah, if, no. If that, the trailer is to be uh, benchmarked. Yeah, no doubt. It looks like it'll be worth the wait. Hmm. Uh, finally, from the stated playlist, we have God of War Ragnarok, giving us a limited edition controller and a story trailer. I actually haven't seen the story trailer because I already know that I'm going to play this however I can. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the story trailer was really well done. Um, I'm, I'm not too big into the new God of War games, but even, even then, this trailer was really nice to look at. It had really amazing visuals throughout it. Um, some really cool set piece moments, and it it was just a really really well done trailer. Like, um, I I don't want to say I'm excited for the game, but I can appreciate what they're doing. Hmm. Yeah, big big yay for me. Uh, right. That brings us to the end of Sony's list. Which wow, that actually felt fast by comparison. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it like in actual run times of these events. Um, Nintendo was 40 minutes, uh, Sony was 20 minutes, and I feel like they jammed a lot of better stuff in that 20 minutes than Nintendo did in their 40. <laughs> uh, cool. For the, um... Shit. <laughs> Ryu, Ryu Go Gotoku? Uh, Ryu Ga Gotoku. Uh, Ryu, Ryu Go Gotoku. I was, I was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, studio announcements. Uh, Like a Dragon. Uh, featured heavily. Okay, so yeah, if you, you want to make, make if, if you want me to make this easier for you, by the well, by the way, um, Ryugo Gotoku is just like a dragon. So, like a dragon studios. If you want to make it easier for your life. Now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did that on purpose just to trip you up. Yeah. Cool. Why did I come back again? <laughs> you you had no choice. It, it wasn't even for the love of the, the podcast. It, it was just he had no choice. It was like um, it was like it chapter two, where there's just the strange compulsion forcing me to go back to where it all began. Uh, anyway, do you, do you want to take these announcements? I I know so little about any of these. Sure thing. Like a dragon Ishin finally coming to the West on February twenty first, twenty twenty three. Um. Ishin was a game that came out at the very beginning of the PS4's life cycle, and it was during the era where um, Like a Dragon games were not being localized anymore. Um, Yakuza 4 did pretty horribly, so they skipped out on Yakuza 5. I think at... No, yeah, like, right near the end of the PS3's life cycle, they finally did Yakuza 5 on uh, PS3 localized, but it was digital only. And um, so a lot of people missed out of it, and that tanks even harder. So they're just like, no, we're done. Um, no more Yakuza games in the West. They do, do really poorly. So Ishin was a spin-off um, where it's set in the 1860s for Japan. Uh, they take the Yakuza characters and just put them into that setting as um, whatever, like the major figureheads of that era. And they just uh, tell a very well done story of that uh, era. Um, and so it's Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. So this is this is another Assassin's Creed Japan, <laughs> is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I believe this is the end of like the samurai era. Um, for Japan as well. I I don't know the history too well. Um, I believe that's the case though. And yeah, no, it just. Finally coming out to the West is very exciting. It's being completely remade, being done on Unreal Engine 5 now. 
Um, it seems like this is going to be a test to test out Unreal Engine 5 and if they want to move over to the engine because the current engine they use is really old at this point. I believe that made its debut in 2014, so it's about eight years old now. Um, yeah, no, exciting news for uh, Like a Dragon fans. Um, just mo- rolling on to the next one, Like a Dragon 8 was announced. This is um, continuing on from Like a Dragon 7. Uh, where um, Ichiban was the main character for that one. Ichiban will now be sharing the protagonist role with Kiryu for this game. Kiryu is going to be coming back. Um, they're keeping the RPG uh, gameplay. Uh, Kiryu will be having his own party uh, of characters. So it'll be like two different storylines happening side by side. Uh, Kiryu also looks <laughs> very fucked up in this game. They, they did my man's haircut very badly. Uh, for a reason, um, I'm guessing he's supposed to be undercover because uh, the city he's in, people shouldn't be recognizing him. He wants to keep his identity as low as possible. So now he looks like a J-pop, uh, a 40-year-old J-pop idol. Well, isn't it also so that way, depending on the Joy-Cons you're using, you get to change his hairstyle? Unfortunately not, since this is a PlayStation and Xbox and PC game rather than a Switch game. Also, since you reminded me, um, the the current head of the studio uh, came out and said that they're not putting the games on Switch because they believe that Switch is too family friendly and the Yakuza games um, would not do well on those consoles for being too uh, mature. They're literally calling it Nintendo's consoles the Fisher-Price consoles of the industry. <laughs> I mean, are they... Are they wrong, though? <laughs> they're, they're not wrong, no. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, and the final one is Like a Dragon, Gaiden. The man who erased his name was announced for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Um, this is going to be a game about Kiryu taking place between the uh, Yakuza 6 and Yakuza 7 and 8 storyline. Just explaining what his story is, bridging the gap between those. Wait. And you might as well just hit the last one in the list as well. Ah, uh, yep. Such a roll. Uh, Judgment and Lost Judgment are now available on PC. They they were being held back for a long time. Um, they I I don't have a confirmation for this. It's just something I read. But apparently, the uh, CEO of the company, the hiring agency, at uh, the talent agency, I mean, uh, for the main character, the CEO of that company died recently, and that means that he was the one holding them back from releasing it on PC and now they can like the moment he dropped into grave they just went right into it that seems harsh but alright don't really have uh, much to add to any of that uh, do you want me to read out the note about Yakuza being rebranded I think I already uh, talked about that like earlier yeah, I think I did I, that when I, I went into the Ishin thing but sure um yeah, uh, like we said, Ryugo Ryu Gotoku is um, the name of the studio. It's also the name of the games in Japan. It l- just translates to Like a Dragon. Um, and they're rebranding the series from Yakuza to Like a Dragon here. Like, I, I tried to keep Yakuza as minimal as possible on, uh, in that list as I was talking about the games because they're just straight up doing their rebrands now. Hmm. And... I, I appreciate just going the mile to um, make it line up with every other territory. Yeah, uh, makes sense, really. Uh, but that brings us to the 
end of that list. There the l lists are getting to... shorter and shorter as we go. They're also getting a lower and lower quality because we've got the Xbox showcase next. Boo. <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> this show really sucks. Uh, well, start with the Persona 5 trailer. It was a Persona 5 trailer. That game sure. is six years old. Yep. Yep. Love that it's finally getting some love on Xbox. Uh, next up, we have uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty showing a developer interview video. Uh, yeah. With a little bit of gameplay. But... Little bits of gameplay was nice to see. Um, there, there were a few confirmations there, like the character creator and some cool looking things in there. But it, it was mostly a lot of um, the developers talking about like why they wanted to go with um, the Three Kingdoms set, uh, stories rather than doing another game set in Japan. Hmm. For, for, the record, for the record, this is also Team Ninja who uh, are doing Rise of the Ronin. Wolong is saying. Going God, God forbid we do more. We do more games in Japan. Yeah, after doing Neo and then going into Rise of the Ronin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Their their time their schedule is this year. They did um Stranger of Paradise. Next year they're doing Wolong, and then the year after that they're doing Rise of the Ronin. Very busy, busy. studio, but all yeah, quality games. Hmm. Uh. Next up, finally. Uh, we have the much-anticipated game, which uh, I don't believe is out anywhere else yet. Uh, BlazBlue Cross Tag Battle. Oh, no, 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 you're mistaken. This game is old as fuck. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I was playing along with the bit. Okay, I need to be clear. <laughs> Just because I, there are a few that, like, many of these games I do not know and have not played. BlazBlue Cross Tag Battle... I admittedly haven't played, but I know that it's old as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, cool, it's coming to Xbox, but I don't finally. think we needed a show, like a showcase bit for it. Hmm. Uh, although I think we can both agree that even though Guilty Gear Strive is maybe not old as fuck status, but certainly not new, uh, that coming to Xbox is... That's, also that's also cool. cool, but again, yeah. not showcase worthy. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, not really much to say. At, at this point, I feel like they just threw in Japanese games coming to Xbox and said, we're in Japan, we'll just show these off. Because <laughs> we have <laughs> we nothing else. We know what else. the people want. Yeah. Uh, Exo Primal, is that the... That, um, is, that is the um, Capcom game where you are in mechas yeah. fighting against dinosaurs. It looks yeah. sick. <laughs> the story trailer was pretty cool. Um... Honestly, I didn't know what to talk about from the story trailer, other than it seems like people are being transported through time and space to do this um this exoprimal test, and people are also very privy into shooting each other in the back and backstabbing each other. So it it'll be interesting to see where the story goes, I guess. But this is mm. definitely not a game I'm looking into for story. This is a game I'm looking into shooting dinosaurs from a mech. <laughs> A mech that can also be used like a samurai. <laughs> Finally I, a game for the people. I've seen some of those mechas do virtual combos. I'm very excited <laughs> for that. Imagine juggling a dinosaur with a mech. God, yes, I need that. Uh, finally, I can, uh, I can remove Pacific Rim from Wish as a <laughs> list of things that I want in a video game. Um... Uh, Pacific Rim? Pacific... No, it is Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rift. I keep doing that. 
No, no, no Pacific Rift is the Murderstorm game. Yeah, see, see, that's why I need <laughs> oh, to God, I catch myself every time. The, we've done this earlier in the podcast too. Every, every time, every time I bring it up, I always have to catch myself and make sure that it's the right one that I'm talking yeah, about. It's it's just Pacific Drift makes so much sense as a um a mecha name. Well, no, it's because like Pacific Rim is all about how there is a rift to another dimension in the bottom, like. In the bottom of the tech. Yeah, no, so plate. you'd want that to be Pacific Rift. So you'd want that to be Pacific Rift. <laughs> and Pacific Rift, the Motorstorm game, is just set on a bunch of fake islands uh along the Pacific Pacific Rim tectonic plate because of all the variable conditions and bits and pieces that are there. So you'd think that one would be called Pacific Rim. But no. <laughs> they they, they just get... need to shake hands and officially swap titles. <laughs> they do. And then give us a remake. Yes. Or or just me specifically a remake. Like I I'm or, I'm not picky. Or just just a modern re-release. Like don't even remake it, just cut up upport it to PS5. It can be the yeah. exact same game running at 720p mm-hmm. and I'll still be happy. I I would buy it day one. <laughs> uh right. Yep. Yeah. Uh next one, Nino Kuni, one and two coming to Xbox 2023. Old as uh, fuck. Great. <laughs> Super yeah. so- old. <laughs> So glad the much-anticipated game, Nino Kuni 1 and 2, finally making their way to Xbox. I don't think they're even that popular games, and the funny thing is that both Steve and Josh like these games. At least they liked Nino Kuni 1. Uh, next, uh, Danganronpa, uh, V3 Anniversary Edition. Wait, also wait, wait. old as fuck. Old as fuck? Yep, knew it. <laughs> Man, what's, what's with this show and just ports of old as fuck Japanese games? There was, there, there was a, um, so that, that's what happened with Xbox this time. There was one, it might've been Nintendo. There, there was one that we've covered, uh, previously sometime this year where- I think it was entire, the last Nintendo Direct actually. Maybe it was. Besides the entire, Pokemon, it was all ports. Yeah. I, it, it probably was Nintendo. I feel like it was Nintendo, but just everything that they announced was just like, oh, okay. Why? <laughs> Why did you make a show out of this? Yeah. Just give us the Pokemon news and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, next we have uh, Overwatch 2 revealing Kinko yeah she, she leaked a week ago um, it was very embarrassing about all the things around her like they did a they, they showcased a letter between the four Japanese characters all just talking about enjoying sushi and ramen and Japanese things it was incredibly <laughs> dense and somewhat racist Finley veiled racism. So, so of course they showed a Japanese character at the Japanese gaming event. Also, well done, Xbox. also while we're on, on Overwatch for a second, um, Overwatch 2 is about to come out. Um, I knew that they were going to be, um, supporting that if, if Overwatch 2 is going to be free to play. Sorry, I'm jumbling up my words, trying to get like my head around what I want to say. Um, Overwatch 2 was just going to be part of the, um, same launcher, but apparently they're shutting down the servers for Overwatch 1, so people have to move to Overwatch 2. <laughs> so- Well, I, well, I well, know- if it wasn't Activision Blizzard doing Activision Blizzard things. <laughs> yeah, no, and, um, Overwatch 2's PvP, I know, is like, I believe they cut it down to 4v4, or it was 5v5, and the original was 6v6, or the- whatever. It was yep. one one extra player on each one for Overwatch 1, so I imagine yes. people would have wanted to still do those game modes, and nope. The moment Overwatch 2 is coming out, that will not be available. 
Hmm. Bum bum bum. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think I know anyone that's even interested. Like, I know people that will will jump into Overwatch one every so often just because it, you know, it, it scratches an itch. Yeah, so somewhere down in that cesspool of toxicity, there is a fun game. But I don't know anyone that's excited for Overwatch two for it being Overwatch two compared yeah, to yeah. No, this, I don't know uh, anyone that's of Overwatch one. I don't know anyone that's even slightly interested in this. But hey, you know, if if you if you're sad that Babylon's fall is shutting down, maybe maybe Overwatch two is the game for you. That that will live. They'll force it to live. Yeah, I know. They have more than enough money to keep that going for a while. Remember how Overwatch one was supposed to be a ten year plan? Vaguely. I, I don't know. I just wanted to mention how uh, I just wanted to mention that it, it it's been nowhere near ten years, and they're moving on to a second game. Hmm. But remember, the second game was only. I mean, the second game. It, it's it's basically just like a, a minor update to the first game, really. Like yeah, them but shutting, you shut, them, shutting them down the service for the first one in them, in favor of the second. Them completely shutting them completely shutting the first one down is just entirely circumstantial. Yeah, it's just. Just to save a little bit of money, that's all. Yeah, it's true. The hard times, really. Hard times. Pandemic. Bobby, Bobby Kotick with the, the Microsoft merger. I, I mean, Activision it, Blizzard is a very small company. You've got you to gotta excuse is. some of their money-saving tactics. Yeah. If anything, we should be giving them more money, which is why I uh, will go out and purchase a shit ton of Diablo Immortal premium currency. Also, uh, real quick, I want to roll back to World Long for a second. Um, they just dropped a demo for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. Um, the demo is going to run until September 25th. So if you're listening to this and you want to try out that game and have next-gen consoles, get on that quickly. That's a very small group of people, I think. It, I, I know it is specifically me, Trinity, Josh, and Steven. <laughs> wow, that's... That's crazy. It's it's almost like you named everyone in Fast Travel Lounge, but I I think you might have been missing someone. I I'll I'll figure it out later. Uh you you don't have a PS5 or a Series X. I know No, I, know no, I want to be included. <laughs> you weren't even meant to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, fine, I'll leave. Ah, <laughs> uh, good, I can take over the host seat again. Um yeah, so moving on from Overwatch 2. We have Power World is coming to Xbox. You know that um, that Pokemon clone that's all about slave labor. <laughs> the fuck is Power World? <laughs> I just explained it. It's the Pokemon clone that's all about slave labor. Sounds like shit, Temtem. I I believe I sent it. You know what? It kind of is. I believe I've sent you gifts of this before, but uh, just just oh, real. Oh God, quick maybe. It, it, just real quickly, um, I will send you a trailer to take a look at while I badly talk over the fact that I'm looking for a link to send to you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just straight up has a bunch of Pokemon rip-off designs. You run around with an AK-47 shooting at them. Um, you, you get into like Arceus-style battles with them as well while shooting them. You put a penguin into a rocket launcher and blow up towers with them. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> See, I always knew that the thing that was missing from Pokemon uh Pokemon Legends colon Arceus were the <laughs> was the site was the site of bootlegged Pikachu getting smacked by a bobsled twice. <laughs> or a Lapras with rocket rocket launchers. 
and then oh, you know you know send, sending sending um sending Rowlet into the mines for slave labor. <laughs> no, I the, mean, hey, he's he's got to earn his rent somehow. This is this is um the official announcement that this game will be supported on Xbox. <laughs> Who is this for? <laughs> me. It's actually for me. I fucking love this. It looks so stupid. I will play it. This looks like the mod where it's just um it's you running around. I think it might actually be running around Blood Gulch from Halo One, but they've <laughs> just they've just stuck a whole bunch of Pokemon models in there and given you a, a variety of weapons. Yeah, that that sounds like to, something that's up my alley. Them all. Yeah. But yeah, you no, have to shoot, I, you have to shoot all 150 before you can unlock the chance to battle Mewtwo. I believe it's just slated for a 2023 release. We know nothing about it besides that. You know, besides know. besides that trailer where we know everything about it. I was gonna say, I, th I think I think we figured everything out about the trailer. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. I meant no, nothing uh, about the release date. Like we don't have a season or anything. We just have the year. <laughs> Live content updates. Uh, I realize I know you meant season for like release, but I'm just thinking of like seasons of content. Yeah, that'll that'll uh, also be pretty fun. <laughs> like shot, just just like, new Lapras, guns showing about, up every couple of months. That that's the thing. It's just like it just it, it's uh it's like reintroducing all the um uh Pokemon generations to Pokemon Go. Yeah. Seasonally bootlegging Gen 3 back into PAL world. Ugh. Uh, finally, for the Xbox showcase, we have Deathloop. Uh, this one, I think of all of the ones that they've announced, is probably the one that uh, is... The least surprising? The most important, but like, yeah, the, the, the least surprising slash a game that isn't old as fuck, which is nice. It's only a year old. It's not even a full year old, which is also nicer. <laughs> Um, mm. the funny thing about this, though, is that when they announced it, the, um, the studio head for the company, um, it's Arcane, right? I believe it's Arcane uh, that does this. Yes. Yeah, yeah the, the studio head of Arcane was like, it wasn't an easy secret to keep that uh, Deathloop would be coming to Game Pass. And it's like, no, no, everyone figured that out. You guys are owned by Microsoft. Um, and they very, and they also leaked the uh, the store pages like multiple days in advance. Yeah, it, it was very easy to think that it, when the Sony contract ended, this was going to be Game Pass right away. <laughs> also, um, also something that they should have talked about on the um on the show, but they didn't, is that Deathloop will be getting a big content update. Yeah, that was what um, I was going to touch on. I don't know why they didn't talk about this on the show. They literally just had them come up and go, hey, we're on Xbox now, and then left. <laughs> um, what was in the content update, though, is what I'm trying to find. Uh, so there is a uh, new ability, new gun, and an extended ending, apparently. That's right. The extended ending is the one that's going to be pretty interesting. I've mm. I, I gave my thoughts on the ending. They were not positive. <laughs> Yeah, so if, let's see if they can sink even further. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the direction this... you want to see it go, right? Yeah, na naturally this means I'll have to suppress the urge to repeat what I did uh, for the ending when I played it organically, which, uh, let's just say, gave me a very fast ending, which, while very humorous, was very disappointing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I'd be interested enough to at least play the update for Deathloop, but uh, I don't. I'm not expecting to suddenly 
have my opinion changed on the game as a result of this content update. It would just be whether they could clean up the... Well, basically if they could give it an ending, because they, they sort of didn't. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's fair. Mm. Um, it, it'd suck, kind of, if you like people bought it a year ago for full price. So, actually, no, the, the golden update is going to be free, right? The gold loop yeah, update? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a, no, yeah so, it's a free content update. Yeah, no, so it's... It, I guess it doesn't suck as much, but it's like, if you played the game a year ago, did everything, and it's like, you you just kind of put the game aside, and it's like, now here's like an extended ending a year later. Hmm. Uh, right, that takes us to the end of Xbox. Almost there. <laughs> Capcom, starting with Monster Hunter news. So, this I, I am big yay for. One, because it's free. Base Capcom. Uh, two, do you ever feel like, uh, like this, this, this always bugged me about Pokemon, right? Where you go to a new region and you're like, wow, look at all of God's creatures and how they've evolved so differently. It's like, it's like when, um, uh, when, uh, Charles Darwin first went to the Galapagos Islands and he was like, wow, things that have been isolated from, from, uh, like evolutionary pressures from other places have blossomed into all these unique new uh new ways and things i feel like something similar happens with capcom's title updates for monster hunter sunbreak because every time they announce one of these it's like oh yeah so uh here's this thing that was you know a a threat to nearby villages but was fairly benign and would fairly keep to itself uh anyway so we went and found one and this one is like on crystal meth and <laughs> has full of spikes and hates you I, I feel like that last one generally applies to every monster in Monster Hunter already. But but then it's like the extra point of like, no, no, we have to really point out this one hates you. Just really <laughs> drives that point home. This this one found your old tweets. <laughs> oh god, not again. <laughs> uh so in this update we have uh the announcement of Flaming Espinas, which holy shit, holy shit, I want to die. Uh they call it Violet Mizitsune, but it's really hard not to read it. It's just Violent Mizitsune. <laughs> I can understand that. Because Vi Violet is, uh, sorry, like Mizitsune is this like lovely sort of uh, water dragony, leviathany. Um, it's already kind of Violet as is. Yeah, like re real easy to make like nice looking art of. And then they took that and they're like, what if we made everything explosions though? Uh, so, you know, great. That, that, is, that. that is a general idea I get with Monster Hunter. It's like, whenever I see a monster, I'm like, what, what if it exploded, though? <laughs> and then, the, and then the, the funny part is that for, for Rising Camellias, uh, from what I saw, I don't, I don't know that I saw everything about Rising Camellias, but from what I, what I did see, it just looked like regular Camellias. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's new like, about Rising, uh, Rise, uh, Risen Camellios. Maybe it's just like a stronger variant. That, that that's, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, um, Flaming Espinas is like, what if we took an Espinas Actually, and let it on fire? Did Camellios ever fly before? You? Yes, it has wings. It, well, it didn't like stay in the air, but it like jumped and and like was able to glide and hover and stuff. Okay, then yeah, I'm not sure. Sure, what's different? That that's what I'm saying though. That that's why it's really funny to me because it's like Espinas, big, terrifying, absolutely hate it, but. You know, once once you get used to it, it's a tolerable fight. And they're like, oh yeah, it's it's on fire now. You're like, okay, that's terrifying. Mizitsune, water dragon, pretty, uh, very like uh slippery and like high mobility, all that. 
Uh, now it explodes. You're like, okay. Yeah, uh, you, hate you that. don't don't rely then, on the bubbles anymore because now they blow up. Yeah, exactly. And then Camellios, large purple dragon, uh, flies and 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 like poisons you. And and now risen Camellios, the same. And you're like, huh, that. But does does he explode? Like what? What's 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 the gimmick? <laughs> it's the same, but faster. <laughs> See that that that's actually a concern though. Is that I I'm not a big fan. Like uh, as much as much fun as it is to give grief to like oh let's just make the monsters explode. At least it does change up how the fight plays out. If Risen Camellios is just let's just give him another another couple extra moves and turn the damage and health up. Probably not as much of a fan of that, but. A uh, bunch of other updates and and little bits and pieces as well. Layered weapons. Uh, layered weapons uh, is a very nice one to me. Yeah, they did that with rampage weapons in base game, but it's cool that that's now being extended to all. Which is funny because it's the same as what they did with the layered armor set of um used to be specific sets, and now it's all used to be specific weapons, and now it's all. So uh, moving in the right direction there. Uh, more event quests as expected, and uh. <sighs> anomaly research. I don't know. I'm still. You're still not sure on anomalies. No, because I'm. I play. I play it solo. I play Monster Hunter solo. And yeah, I. Just I something... haven't played since I finished the story, so I don't have much of an opinion on anomalies yet. Yeah, there's just something defeating, just without even going on the quest. About like Monster Hunter has always been. You fight it and you triumph over the monster, and then you kind of open your book and you're like, "Do I want to capture or kill this thing? What what will give me the most efficient use of the parts that I need?" But anomalies are just everything cranked to eleven, and you have to kill them. And just knowing that you ha like that you you enter the location, and the only way that you come back is either if you die or it dies. It's kind of like oh, I don't really. It'd be fine if it was like a lobby of four people constantly like just going for it but for me who plays this mostly solo it's just such a hard ask to be like oh yeah you can not only fight with gear that's better for capturing it but everything is cranked to 11 and it'll just depending on where an anomaly spot is randomly kill you and you're like i don't know if this is fun <laughs> i don't know if i'm having fun anymore capcom yeah no it seems like something very much designed around being a um a multiplayer-centric thing. Yeah, and, Which, and I get to it. Be it, fair, is, it is. Monster Hunter is kind of just a multiplayer game. Yeah, but... like it, it is endgame content. I, I understand that, but it's just, it's a, um, it's, it's, it feels like more of a turnoff than it should be, given the endgame content of other Monster Hunter games. Is I guess what I mean. Yeah, uh, and and my concern is that the layered weapons will likely be using some of the new anomaly parts. Just because that's that's the on-brand trend. So, uh, big yay. It's a free update. I'll get stuck into it when it's out. So looking super forward to it. But, yeah. The anomalies? Hmm. Bit of a question mark, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Also, real quick, they also showed off um, a, a new weapon. I think this is a, um, a event weapon, the Lost Code ones. Those, those are really cool. Like, so Monster Hunter is usually, like, about, like... I guess, I guess Middle Earthish, um, medieval style weapons and stuff. So these are like very high futuristic sci-fi weapons coming into the game, and they look really cool. Hmm. Yeah. All all good times in Monster Hunter. Next up on the list, uh, Mega Man Battle Network adds a VTuber Mega Man EXE to the title screen. 
That, that's really funny. I, I really appreciate this because um, Mega Man EXE is the uh, Mega Man series that's all about um, like having a pet Digimon Mega Man, basically. And it's all about like internet culture and like cyber wars and things like that. So, so you can teach it to be racist. Yes. Yes, exactly that. So I'm going the extra mile to just have a Mega Man.exe on your on the title screen, like tutorializing you, telling you about the games that are in there, uh, helping you through the options menus. That's a nice addition. <laughs> and the fact that it'll call you slurs while it does it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You 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 have to have the PlayStation camera on for otherwise you can't play the game. <laughs> it he Mega Man needs to confirm your skin color. Um, also confirmed is that they want to, they're going to be working on adding online components to the game because, um, this, these, uh, the later half of the Mega Man Battle Network games kind of split into like the Pokemon thing where it was the same game, but like a red and blue version. And between them, you could trade, um, chips and, uh, do battles with people. So mm. they're, they're going to be working on implementing that sort of feature. So you can do online battles and chip trading in this, um, remake. Well, re-release. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I really have nothing else to add, so I guess we'll just move on. That's fair. I'm, I'm very excited for this. Cool. Uh, finally, in the Capcom list, we have uh, a few characters for Street Fighter VI being announced. Uh, I know that we just talked about how we both prefer Tekken to Street Fighter, <laughs> but uh, do you want to talk through these? Yeah, sure. So it's not the whole World Warrior set from Street Fighter 2 yet. We're still missing Zangief. But um, they just announced Ken, Blanca, Dolsim, and E-Honda. Um, they, they, all these characters leaked beforehand. And people saw Ken and went, oh no, he's going through a divorce and he's a hobo. I would like to officially <laughs> confirm that no, he's- No, that's, that's a home of five o'clock shadow. Yes, but I'm, uh, I am glad to confirm that no, this man is a family man. He is not divorced. He is not homeless. He is just on the run from the law. <laughs> and he, he is being investigated for crimes and he is running away for his life, protecting his family. Um, but no, these, these are cool characters to add in. Um, once we get past all of the World Warriors, we can go to more interesting character reveals, I think. Um, People generally like really like new character announcements. Old characters returning is just cool to see. Um, they also announced a closed beta test is going to be happening. Uh, you have until September 30th to sign up for it. And anyone that gets it, into it can play from October 7 to October 10. Uh, and they also showed went through a couple of the um the single player modes that are going to be uh, got showing up for the game, which I'm really glad for. Having a lot of single player things to do in a fighting game really helps uh, keep that game alive a little bit for our replayability. And it was something that was really heavily missing from Street Fighter V. So first up is the World Tour mode, which is you... Oh, Patrick, have, have you played the PS2 Mortal Kombat games? Uh... No, I played PS3 and Vita Mortal Kombat. I didn't okay. play PS2. Okay, so um, the PS2 ones did this thing where um, you had a character and you'd go explore the world and learn uh, other characters' martial arts. So Street Fighters looked at that and gone, that was a cool idea, let's do that ourselves. So you have a creator character 
that you make and the character creator actually looks really in depth. It's more in depth than what Monster Hunter has on offer. And I would have just been happy with like a Monster Hunter style character creator. Like some, that would have been like the minimum amount of depth I would have needed to be happy with it. But they're going a little bit further than that. Um, and yeah, you just go through a storyline of um, going around the world, learning about all these characters and their stories, learning their moves. And they didn't show a whole lot of what the story will be outside of that. But just being able to interact with the characters and find out how their lives are going outside of like the fights is going to be pretty fun. So um, that means you get to join Ken on the run from the law trying to eat out of trash cans. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, they also showed off the Battle Hub, which is um, a online lobby that's going to hold up to 100 people in them. And those also have weird little intricacies that you can um, mess around with. Um, like having a bunch of arcade cabinets of older Capcom games in there. Um, they showed off that you can play Final Fight and Street Fighter 2 inside Street Fighter 6. So, <laughs> so that's so, so that that that's a page out of Uncharted 4's book playing Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, except that you can do this at any time instead of just like that one story sequence. Um, no, that that's a really cool thing, and like being able to play classic Capcom games is a neat touch. They also they also announced that um there's going to be a mini game in the game where um you can destroy cars that uh, that hasn't been around since Street Fighter Two I think. So seeing that comeback is very appreciated. Hmm. And I they- can't wait to play Street Fighter to play Monster Hunter. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly what's needed. Um, they also announced an extreme battle mode, which is just adding weird, unconventional gimmicks to the game, like having a beach ball that blows up if you don't if you let it bounce, or have the floor get electrified every now and then, just Little weird extra ways to play the game than just the standard way. That sounds like the, um, was it Mortal Kombat that did modifiers? Yeah, Mortal Kombat did modifier mode, yeah. I I remember Mortal Kombat 9 just cranking it up all the way to the maximum amount of rulers and just letting it roll. So (laughs) you'd have like nine different gimmicks coming up, like missiles will come, but you'll also get magnetized to the floor and you'll you'll be super sped up every now and then or have a moon jump. It, it was fun. And, and your character will fall asleep and the controls will be reversed. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's fun. Yeah, it is. And chaos. for the real-time commentary feature, they announced two more uh, commentators, this time from Japan. Um, there's Kosuke Hiraiwa, who's a regular play-by-play commentator. And this this guy that I really love, he, his uh, stage name is... His excellent, uh, his excellency, Demon Kaka. Uh, he will be a Kyla commentator. Um, and he's he's um fully in character. He doesn't like call the matches pro- by um play by plays. He's just going to be in character, saying things look like they're coming from hell, or like playing up his own charisma rather than the game's actual technicalities. Nice. I respect that. Yeah, it's fun to have little things like that. Hmm. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of the Capcom list. And lucky last, we finally get uh, a single story from uh, Konami. Yeah, 
this is this is neat. Uh, so Coden one and two is getting a remaster, a HD remaster. They saw the Ayudan Chronicles Kickstarter did really well, and like, wait a second, that that's just a that's just a new Soikoden game by the people that made Soikoden. We have that. Let's just re-release that. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm very I happy. That, <laughs> I I'm very happy to see this. I I hear a lot of good things about the Soikoden games. Um, been wanting to try them for a long time, so this will be the way to get into it. Coming to cool. uh, coming to every console and PC in 2023. Yeah. So this one is a yay from you. Yeah, big yay. Big yay. Well, that finally takes us to the end of all the lists for this week, and of course the end of the news. Woo, we um, did it. Congratulations, we did. Patrick. We survived. I don't know how. We, we lost Josh and Steve on the way, but we survived. I think we lost them before the list. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, right, the uh, audience question for this week. Um, I, I asking on behalf of the audience, where Josh and Steve? <laughs> uh, so, so like I said, the moment you said you were going on holiday, Josh, it's like, oh, cool, free time off. While Steve and I were like, no, we're still planning on doing podcasts while Patrick's away. We'll figure something out. Hmm. Um, so where's Steve? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for Steve. Steve, Steve just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, it happens. We've all been there. Um, yeah, no, no, no uh, proper audience question for this week. Especially not uh, after that long of a news section. Exactly. So, uh, I guess this brings us to the end of episode 41. Uh, feel free to give us a, uh, a like on your favorite podcasting platform slash star rating if you can. Uh, all interactions help boost our voices within the algorithm uh, and make sure that we remain our, uh, we retain our, our, our illustrious position of being the num- preferred gaming and pop culture news podcast sponsored by Krispy Kreme and possibly also September <laughs> and for truck, truck month. month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but maybe Samsung uh, down the line. If, if, stops, if, if Josh stops breaking all their products. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's the end of episode 41. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been Patrick. I've been joined by Seth. Hi. <laughs> had, to, had to stop myself <laughs> from saying, saying more people. Um, but, yeah, we'll, um, uh, we'll, we'll uh, thank, thank you for listening. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, you'll, you'll hear from us again soon. But until then, uh, talk to you then. Goodbye. <laughs>